Welcome back to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Clark. Across the table from me is Travis Vote. Yeah. And I'm Matt Lynch. Hi. Matt Lynch is next to me, to the left. Caddy corner a little? Yeah, we could say that. Okay. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> whatever Kevin wants, as usual. Freedom of speech. Jeez, I said you could say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Why did you ask me then? <laughs> My joke. answers frighten you. The beginning of this podcast is Orwellian already. <laughs> it's Orwellian. We're starting out Orwellian, did everybody. That, did I use that term correctly? I don't <laughs> Master know. Master of Suspense, George Orwell. <laughs> the second Hitchcock. The other Hitchcock. George Orwell was very influenced by Hitchcock. Um, yeah, certainly. What are we doing today? What are, what are we doing today? Three movies. We got three movies, and uh, well, they're all they're all of a theme. Our three movies are Fatal Attraction, Single White Female, and Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Mm, Although I found, uh, besides the the main theme, which if you're listening, if you heard those titles, you probably already figured out. But we um, there's also like there were a couple secondary themes between the first two. They didn't quite carry over to Hand That Rocks the Cradle, which was good because I liked it more. Yeah, f- because of that. But hmm. so the uh, <laughs> let the, me the tell themes, you about the time I the almost themes, died. Uh, the similar themes of all these movies is uh, the sufferers of mental illness and uh, <laughs> yeah, and treating their um, their situation mm-hmm. with respect. <laughs> And dignity <laughs> that it, 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 it so deserves. Yeah, that's what I, right. That's what people. That's got what from Fatal the Attraction title. is all about. Clearly, uh, uh-huh. yeah, because <laughs> these movies are very nuanced about that. Mm-hmm. And not just the sufferers of mental illness, but any sort of person who is maybe disabled in some way. You know, they they tend to get treated with a lot of respect in these movies. A lot of sensitivity <laughs> in these movies. Mm-hmm. They're from a they're from a wonderful time in our past when America's psyches were really pure, I would say, yeah. and and free of all of, of demons. These are three movies I hadn't seen too, and I uh, you hadn't seen a single one of these. I'd seen the ending of Fatal Attraction like on TV years ago, but I hadn't seen any of them which is great i'm glad i'm also glad to be back on movies i haven't seen again because mm. when we did the De Palmas, i'd seen all of those so that was like my a lot of rewatching. but this was fun to just go back okay we have yet to get to a movie that i have not previously previously seen it would surprise me if you haven't seen any of them yeah yeah okay that's yeah why we call you johnny's seen a lot yeah that's, I, what, that's what you call me i yeah, call him behind your back Jesus, yeah. he terrible. does here comes fucking johnny's seen a lot over here <laughs> oh my yeah God. and i'm always Everybody like turn around i pretend like i think it's funny but it's <laughs> It's a pretty shitty nickname, but I'm like, yeah, cool, Travis. You well, know. Kevin's very political, you know. He just tries to keep an even keel. Yeah. I don't want to make any waves. I'm what you call a moderate. A yeah. centrist. One of those centrists. Yeah, centrist. I'm a centrist. That's why we call you old Johnny Centrist over mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Also, centrist. also derogatory behind your back. What do we call you? That's a good oh, question. Oh, boy. Unveil it right now and see if you can do it without a fat joke. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. That's my challenge to you. I lay the gauntlet down. All right. By the end of the podcast, we'll have come up with a. Po- I'll have come up with a. Send good Send us one. your suggestions. Rate us on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just do a little house cleaning. Uh, first of all, send us your suggestions for my nickname, preferably with Johnny at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And no then also, jokes. you guys have been doing a really good job of uh, rating us and uh, writing reviews on iTunes. But keep that up. We want more good reviews. I will. I make this promise to you. I will share a review that you write if it's positive on iTunes <laughs> on my Instagram. And I have over two hundred followers on Instagram. Do we yeah. have any negative ones yet? 
Oh man, I really would love to read some of those. Yeah, I mean, I like the haters. I get them on Letterboxd a lot, and boy, it's fun. That's yeah. just what you're used to. Follow Matt on Letterboxd. You'll hate his, and then hate on his reviews. Yeah. He'll love it. <laughs> I, I love it. Over over 1.7 million followers, all hating him simultaneously. <laughs> you got to get on this account. Yeah. I hate it. Oh man. A look that led to an evening. We were attracted to each other at the party. That was obvious. You're on your own for the night. That's also obvious. A mistake he'd regret all his life. Now, where's your wife? Daddy! Honey, oh, God. And you're here with a strange girl being a naughty boy. I don't think having dinner with anybody's a crime. All right. Speaking of hating, let's uh, get to our first movie. Oh! Oh, 1987's (laughs) Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Duggs of the patron saint of this podcast. Yep, we got Mikey Duggs in there. Which, Um, Which, how many Mikey Duggs have we done now? Three. Right? This is the only the third one? Yeah. Wow. Instinct, this, and... Star Chamber. Star the Chamber. very first the movie very first we one. did. That's right. Yeah. Huh. There'll be more. And this is a more of a, uh, a Star Chamber-esque Michael Douglas performance because he's a real milk toast. He's not really... He's not sleezing it a, up that he's much. He's just a dipshit. Yeah. But he's like, there's nothing to him. Anyway, what's the plot of Fatal Attraction, guys? Fatal Attraction <laughs> is about a man, Mikey Douglas, yeah. who is uh, a lawyer sure. for a book publishing company. And he is evidently happily married with a child. Very like he, it is one of those like cartoonishly happy. They seem very situations. happy. They're all just they hang out in their, their underwear. underwear. They're hanging out in their underwear. It is very weird. There's a lot of like that people made me just uncomfortable when I was a kid. There's a lot of scenes of people in this movie just hanging out in wh- their like white underwear. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's also later on there's a scene of Glenn Close just sitting, and I'm like, did they get like a some money from yeah, like a Hanes deal. or something? Yeah. <laughs> Like just, but only the only the plain the white underwear. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're wearing all white underwear in that first scene. Yeah, it's they're not just hanging white. in their underwear in like a way that's like, oh yeah, normal people have. And there seem to be a lot of fans on because like the curtains are blowing and their clothes are all. Well, flowing. it's directed by Adrian. Lee. I know. Yeah, I know. there's a certain <laughs> degree of lifestyle porn in it. Uh, Michael Douglas is a yuppie as he yeah. always is. Yeah, he's they a, are. Yeah, he's, what is he seeing? An ad guy? No, he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. He's a, a, he's a lawyer. That's he right. He just said that. Yeah, and uh, and he and he's pay attention. Johnny, Johnny pays Johnny attention a lot. Oh, fucking, God. oh, that's all right. Johnny doesn't pay attention. Well, it was a sarcastic one. Oh, yeah. See, okay. Smell okay. that one. Johnny attentive. Right, we'll have some more. We'll anyway, have some more. so okay, so he's at a party with uh, his like his friend who's also a lawyer. Uh, poor yeah. man's Pankin. Dennis Nedry. Yeah, uh, Stuart Pankin. Poor man's Pankin. Wayne Knight. Yeah. By the way, his wife in this is uh, Ellen Foley, who was the rig- the original Marky Post on Night Court. Anyway. Wow. No, the, uh, Pankin's wife. Yeah. Pankin's Michael wife. Douglas's wife. Michael Douglas's wife is Anne Archer, Archer, who's another one of our MVPs. Making, her, her, making her third appearance, her third appearance well. on That's this right. podcast. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, anyway, he then they're at this party, and, and Michael Douglas meets Glenn Close. And uh, for reasons unknown, becomes uh, alert by <laughs> too, her. Too close for comfort. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, oh, I yes. guess we'll really touch that. They hit but. it off, quote unquote, I guess. Yeah. And then because they're purchasing, they're thinking about buying this house in the country. So yeah. Ann Archer goes away for the weekend or something with the kid to like go visit her parents because the parents live near the house they're going to buy, et cetera, et cetera. And, Mikey Douglas hangs out with Glenn Close over the weekend, and they bone mm-hmm. and begin a, a begin a torrid affair. They it's very torrid. They don't bone that much, do they? I feel like there's a lot of shots of them boning. In particular, like a, uh, a a part that I laughed out loud at that I think is supposed to be funny, where she blows him in an elevator. And, oh, but it's right, one of those funny, elevators yeah, yeah. with all of the that's open. Yeah, it's yeah. open air. It's an open air elevator. Yeah, there's some guy and, walks and it's by. Kind of, walks she by. stops it like between floors, <laughs> so his head is like kind of poking up, and she's he's getting blown, and a guy walks by, and Michael yeah. Douglas has. 
has a classic I'm getting blown in front of a stranger look on his face. Also, the sex scene, the initial sex scene where it cuts from them sort of not really having talked about it. in a kitchen. They just start fucking in the kitchen. And like, there's, first of all, there's like a lot of, there's some red flags before that about this lady. But that's, I'm going to get into one really specifically later. That but. one, the the sex scene, for a movie that's like made by Adrian Lin, who like made um, uh, Nine and a Half Weeks, uh-huh. and uh, it's like kind Wait, of... he did Nine and a Half Weeks, or didn't was that, he do, that's Zalman King? No. That's, oh, no. No, I'm pretty sure it's Adrian Lin directed Nine and a Half Weeks. You might be Maybe right. Zalman King is Wild Zalman Orchid. King probably produced it. Zalman King directed Wild Orchid. Wild Orchid. Uh, um, that's what I'm getting uh, which is like, Which is a very like sexy movie, and this movie is like one of those considered like a sexy th- thriller or whatever, and it's just like that one, that sex scene in particular, it's just... Like, it's, I mean, it's, I guess it's more realistic, but also there's a part where she, like, the water comes on and she keeps, like, rubbing water all over his face and stuff, and it's very, <laughs> it's very weird. It would be the kind of thing that if that happened to me, I, in the moment, might be like, mm, just quit. What are you doing with the water? Tur- Why did, because the water comes on accidentally, and you think, oh, they're going to go, ha, 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 whoops, but she just goes, God, get the water all over you, and you're like, what is happening here it's pretty it's pretty intense and fairly graphic though like michael, oh, yeah, michael yeah. douglas sure. pulls his signature move of boob sucking yeah like a lot he's, he's, he's doing it a the lot counter too at one point does he not i, pro- I don't know I, uh, I just remember the underwear coming off in the kitchen and then yeah, popping yeah. up on the sink and just being sort of like ugh, because it was not, how, how much doing much for how me. much control no it didn't, <laughs> didn't do anything for me how much did uh how much control do you think like michael douglas like pushes for in these scenes like because it seems like it fe- i feel like he has a lot of control in these movies he was the star of back then and like it just seems like it, he was like, a like, producer he's doing his, before he was a actor he's doing his bo- his boob sucking move which is hilarious every move. time where he kind of just like rips a rips her boob out and starts like just really just really really attaches himself. really attacks it and yeah, it's uh, infantile you might say it, it is oh themes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wonder i don't know i wonder how what he if he's like you know like he's like a doing a dirk diggler with adrian ling going, oh, he lets me block my own sex scenes <laughs> <laughs> no i don't i don't let him block no. sex i do not let him block is he british i don't know is yeah he's adrian british. british okay <laughs> you heard him talk on the on the blu-ray oh that's right he talks mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway yeah. uh, just in, in another I don't want to harp on this to the unsexiness of this movie too no, much. No, I, I think, think you it's should. Be, no, no, I think it's important. I think it's supposed to be sexy, but it's like, considered. It's like one of those that you when you think of, of sex thrill, people sexy think it's thrillers, like one of the steamiest movies. You of put the it. 80s. People would put it on a list, you know, to go. What well, were like some sexy thrillers of the eighties and nineties, and they'd go, well, Basic Instinct, uh, probably Sliver. I guess, but you know, Wrong. but then like this one would probably end up on the top five. It People would, it would absolutely be in the top five. And it five. is I mean, like, not really. This movie has a great <laughs> reputation. It's considered a classic of its genre. It's a That's, huge, yeah. and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so he, he and, like, but, but I just, I did, I wanted to say oh, yeah, that yeah. I saw this movie for the, for the first time when I was probably 13, when I first started watching <laughs> R-rated movies, my parents, it was just as long as it's R-rated, I could see it. Yeah. Even if it were the more sexual kinds, my parents went from like only PG and this and that to like, whatever. You're 13. Yeah, he's lost, just lost them already. Everything. <laughs> you can watch whatever as long as it's not a porno, basically. Right. And so I watched uh, Fatal Attraction and, and, and I'm 13. I was like, anything, give me anything that, like a, like a side boob, I'm going crazy. Yeah. And this movie's Filled with sex, and I was just sort yeah. of like, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, I would argue nothing. that there's a very specific reason for that, but yeah, that's that's we're gonna really have to tiptoe around that. I feel like, or not. I mean, I choose not play, to play it how it, it lays. Okay, man. so he he has they become this, a, they, they become involved. They have this torrid affair over the over the weekend, and yeah. she she they have they have sex the one night, and then he kind of goes, well, I'm gonna go home, and then she calls him at home. 
Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's already like, he oh, goes, I'm, not, oh. I'm not okay with this, really. But she's like, you know, I guess he's still charmed by her or whatever. They screw around for a little while. <laughs> so it's like a whole, it's a whole weekend of uh, of fun and sex and walking oh, the dog a when in, they're park. in the There's a part when they're in the park together. Not not discreet yeah, at yeah. all, by it's the way. Romantic. And they start wrestling. Like, yeah. yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> and I was like, that's not discreet at all, guys. It's very weird. That's, also, that's public. The, before they have sex, when he, they're doing, there's a whole umbrella gag where he his umbrella yeah. breaks and she, that's why they end up, let's go get a drink they like are holding hands as they run off to the bar and this is before they like sort of discuss maybe we should have an affair so i don't know it's all very and there are tiny little pieces of like reasons why michael douglas might be interested in this sort of dalliance even though he is a happily married man who has no interest in leaving his wife like beforehand they show they show he's like he just gets home from the party and he wants to clearly wants to bone his wife but the kids in there yeah he's laying in bed with her and she's like sorry it's and all, so he's kind of you, you're like you know, can you can blame Michael Douglas he's about to blow his stack yeah, over it's here. all very like not, there's it's really barely telegraphed that there's any reason for him to want to do this well, though whole, like that one scene with the kid in bed and you're like well if they could have the, yeah. even the slightest suggestion that there's some discord in the marriage or something yeah. that might help it a nope. little bit but no they are a storybook romance well I mean I guess that's the whole point of the movie is that like well, it's supposed to be like it, it's supposed to be like this could happen to right anybody he's supposed to be happily man. married and the fact you know the, the fact that uh, spoiler alert Glenn Close becomes uh, becomes like a crazy stalker she's fatally attracted she's to him she's fatally attracted <laughs> to him uh, you know it's treated as if he committed this like minor infraction yeah yes. and uh, doesn't deserve this kind of treatment yeah yeah I mean, nobody deserves to have their, rab- no, their kids' rabbit boiled, but at the same time, the movie really—he's—he's he's the hero of the movie, right? It's yeah. not that it's not very complex or anything. It's yeah. just sort of like, can you believe what's happening to this poor everyman? Yeah, who, right. who did a thing we can all certainly relate to? Right, the right. Kid was in bed with the wife. He couldn't bone her. He's going to blow his stacks. So they have their weekend of uh, of sex, of sex and sexiness, and of, walking yeah. dogs, and uh, and then the wife comes home, and then she keeps coming after him. Yeah. She's keep she's she's obsessed. With with him and he keeps telling her like ah, leave me alone I can't deal with this anymore and he thinks that they Alex, have and come the, on we, Alex we forgot the, she, invents, a, she invites him already, to Madam Butterfly also. well there was all that's important I'm gonna it, get to that it is important uh, there's also the point where he tries to break it off with her and she slashes her wrists this is when it flips yeah that's this is right the scene where right. it flips a switch like very dramatically yeah because yeah. she has uh, at the beginning she's sort of like I can be discreet and it seems like it's going to be a very like we're, we're adults let's enjoy each other's bodies nobody has to know mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to get married or anything I'm, an, right. I'm a, she's a professional she has a very <laughs> a very posh job supposedly yeah, a, an educated professional yeah. woman right yeah. uh, and um which and changes so, nothing. I mean, even if she was like a, just like a derelict, it's still sure, just like. Sure. <laughs> but but just like the switch flips in a in a in a way that's very unconvincing and right. out of, and kind of out of nowhere. Where, I feel like where this he's is his place. like this is his true crime at the point in the movie where she flips and is yeah. like, I'm going to kill myself. She cuts her wrists and he doesn't like do anything about that. Right. Well, you he, know what I mean. He wraps her wrists up, but he doesn't like sure. But take he doesn't her like the hospital call the hospital or right. get her in touch with a doctor or even suggest that she might want to. You know, it's just like she's, he completely. She's mad at him at first because he's he bones her one last time and is like, "Sorry, I'm gonna have to break this off." And then she starts getting really mad and she's like, "You just can't. Uh, you can't." Just, I can't remember the exact things that she. But she starts screaming at him and he's like, "Oh no, this. Whoa, this is <coughs> not. This is no longer casual." And then she kicks him in the butt when he's trying to put his pants on. And he's like, like, "Well, get out of here, the fuck out of here!" And then she then she turns up and she's got like a like a white sheet around her, and she's like, "Michael, no, it's just a shirt. It's a t-shirt. It's a white Hanes t-shirt, Michael Douglas." (laughs) 
I'm I'm sorry. Let's not leave like this. And she's got her arms behind her back. Worrying. That's worrying. And he's like, ah, oh, thank God. She's she's coming around. And he and they and he kisses her. And then she starts putting her hands all over his face. Blood and there's blood her. everywhere. And he's like, yeah. what the hell? And he looks yeah. at her wrist and she cut him open. And they're like, we're that's it. Now we've just completely flipped the switch. Yeah. And I and it felt very abrupt to me. Like yeah. it was just sort of like she's this she's a hot to trot lady who was willing to have an affair with a married man to full on wrist cutting psycho yeah. over the course of like a five minute scene. It's abrupt, but there were like I don't know. There's like scenes she's nuts before that too. So she's nuts. Well, I mean that she's like gonna do something like that. I think there's like red flags before that scene. But it's but it's a, but it's a pretty I dramatic. Guess not, I guess, guess a big red flag. It's a big He's fucking Mary. Don't cheat on your yeah. wife. Yeah. Well, I mean, besides <laughs> that, that's a, that's beside the point in this <laughs> in, a, in the case of something like this. <laughs> but uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I've, yeah, but it is a big switch because she like it goes from like her being like maybe this is maybe she's a little obsessed to her cutting her wrist. So yeah, you're right. Things only <laughs> escalate from there. Yeah. Things really do escalate from there. Yeah. She, but, she boils the little kid's rabbit. <laughs> Eventually, she kidnaps. She kidnaps a little kid in a completely inexplicable scene. I don't know how that happened. And then the wife, his wife, is going crazy, and she wrecks a car. And then, and is that is it before that or after that that she has found out about the affair? I believe it's before. Oh but God, I, remember. I can't remember because yeah. it's like poor Ann Archer's just sort up. of. Yeah, Glenn Close keeps calling him at his work and showing up at his work, and it's just getting closer and closer to where he lives and breathes. And eventually, Michael Douglas has to have the talk with his wife um, in order to keep. And at this point, he's well, she a, comes over to the house oh, she's, first. This is when she says that she's pregnant too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, do we ever find out for sure whether that's actually real or if no. she's lying to him? We, we don't. don't. No, there's no there's no scene where she because the movie's not about her. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she's the main character of the story, for all intents and purposes, the movie's not about her. Because the movie's not about her and her problems. It's about how Michael Douglas is going to get out of this situation that he he had no control over to start with. (laughs) Let's talk about that, because uh, this movie, I think, started and at least at some point was intended to be an adaptation of Madame Butterfly. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's the plot of Madame Butterfly? Madame Butterfly is about a Western man in Japan who takes a Japanese wife on a whim, basically, because he finds them exotic and wants to have one, mm-hmm. then uh, basically has no interest in actually being her husband. Uh, goes he, He's interested in purchasing a lot of real estate. They're buying a house. And uh, okay. Um, and uh, you know, basically, sort of abandons this woman. He goes back to Bo. Goes back to the West. If I don't, if I'm remembering it correctly, anyway, he leaves for a long time. Butterfly believes that she, he's going to come back to her, and of course he never does, and at the end she commits suicide. Okay. Um, so this is basically Madame Butterfly from Pinkerton's point of view. Pinkerton is the guy in the in the play, so, in, the, in the opera. Well, let's just, let's just get to the end of this movie then, I guess. The endings, we'll talk about, there will be two different endings we talk about, but the one that everybody knows... So she goes. She goes, She keeps getting crazier and crazier. The wife gets in a car accident because she's driving around hysterically. Same exact car accident Ann Archer gets into in Patriot Games too. Okay. There's a pretty remarkable scene where she finally starts stalking him directly and goes to his house, his yeah. new house that he's uh, that he's kind of out in the countryside, escaping the city and into the suburbs like a true yuppie. Yeah. And she goes out and sees him and his happy family life through the window and starts puking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was. I was like, wow. Damn. Yeah. She oh, just, and she she sees his idyllic home life. <laughs> well, because she wants to have she. Uh, part of it is that I think that she's upset because she wants that, which is a theme through all three of these movies. Yeah. Is that they want Hard the domesticity, hardcore covet, coveting, mm-hmm. um, but for for revenge purposes or obsession purposes. But uh, but so she's like she kidnaps the daughter. There's <laughs> and then there's a. 
there are a lot of scenes that I, I laughed out loud at that were not intended to be. I was watching with my girlfriend, and we were talking about how the little kid in it is good. She little she, kid's great. She does not like she does not like child performers generally in movies, and she like most of the way through the movie was like, "This kid is pretty good." And I'm like, "Yeah, she's like seems like a real kid. She's like kind of off a little, but like you know, like mm-hmm. a normal like a normal child." And then the the kid gets kidnapped, and the mom goes to the school. First of all, these people just let some stranger take Pick her up child. The kid, I don't understand how this they happened. go. They go. She goes there, and she's like, "Where's my daughter?" And they're like, "She left already." And you're like. But you they obviously know who, know who they your know mother who, is. <laughs> they're like, well, who? and and also in the scene, uh, Ann Archer never says, um, "Well, who took her right. to the teacher?" She never yells at the teacher. She just gets freaked out and starts looking for yeah, her daughter. I feel like that's a lot of people that are failing. In and this, uh, this was <laughs> yeah. this was almost immediately. Oh, you're some strange lady. Yeah, go ahead and take the kid. <laughs> and then there's you the, look on the level, right? And then there's a hilarious scene with the little kid actor who is not good. Who like she <laughs> comes upon this blonde girl. It's not the little oh, kid's yeah. fault, but she comes upon this blonde girl and she's like hysterically. She's like, "Where's?" what's her name where's my daughter where's my daughter and the little blonde girl goes she just looks up she like is tying her shoes and she looks up and goes she's gone she's dead she, <laughs> she says she's she goes she's gone and you're like what thanks no kid no first of all no kid would say that they would look at this woman and maybe start crying <laughs> because where's my daughter because this woman is yelling at this <laughs> you where's my daughter I she's like shits her pants or something she wouldn't say she wouldn't look up at her and eerily go she's gone she's gone like in a fucking uh, like village the of the kid. damned situation or something <laughs> so anyway, then Ann Archer gets in a car accident and then she's gonna take a bath when she gets back first of all the whole time like he, he admits to her that this happened and she's like Mike Douglas goes kind to her, goes to her hospital it. bed and holds her hand and starts crying and it's sort of like they've come back together his she's, dad her dad is not happy it. about it but yeah, uh, whatever her dad gives him a real withering look when he shows up yeah. at her hospital bed Guess they're not going to buy that house in the country. Yeah. No, they did. No, they're right. they they're did moved the into the house yeah. in the country they're, already. It's fine. They're they pretty are, much patched it up. They already lived there. So then she's going to, she's like home from the hospital and she's going to take a bath and then uh, all hell breaks loose and Glenn Close is in, a, in the house. And I thought this scene was really good too. Like it was really sucks. I did. I, I, maybe not the very end, but like the part when it's uh, building up to it where the, the bathtubs, like there's multiple planes of oh, action. It's like, Michael Douglas is downstairs. He puts the, he puts the kettle on. There's water. It's pouring out of the bathtub it's going through the I mean, ceiling the dog's I think looking interesting, at it. Like, I like all there's these interesting details. visuals and I think the details are interesting but I think the as a whole once and then once it turns into an action scene where like they're fighting it becomes really it, See, I don't know it just becomes real shitty and it feels tossed together Glenn Close, which it is I feel <laughs> like that the, the stuff you're talking about just makes it seem like a slasher movie all of a sudden it's just like it is like a slasher movie all of a yeah, sudden yeah that's my point though abrupt. it's sort of like well, it, I will, now I, it's just a shitty slasher movie I'm gonna agree with both of you that it is. It is a sh- all of a sudden a shitty slasher movie, but also that it may be the only. It may be the most interesting scene yeah. in the entire I mean, movie. I gotta get my joy out of this movie where I can. <laughs> sure, like I don't like sure. the other parts. Um. um so then it's Glenn Close shows up. Yeah. Ann Archer when Ann Archer is about to get in the bath, mm-hmm. and she's got a knife and she's like digging. She's like full on. She's like just cutting like her leg and going like cutting her leg and going like you think you can have him? You don't know. And she's blah, such blah. a cartoon in this too. Yeah. It's like I would. I would Especially love to see a movie. movie. Earlier, Especially at this not point, so much. Not so much. But even then, where she's sort of rocking back and forth on her bed and it's like yeah there's I, and i'm sure glenn close had a fucking great time playing this part because like she's that, not bad in that's the movie a at all. that's a good thing she's not bad in it it's just one of those roles where you're like oh, well man. this could be a this could be an interesting role for a, a great actor like glenn close but yeah. it's like this fucking cartoon i mean she gets to chew scenery so i'm sure she had super i'm sure she had a great time playing this part because it's and let maybe not maybe michael douglas hit her on set or something i and don't hey, know he made her a star so 
And that's true. Yeah. There's also a part at this at this scene where uh, when when she's upstairs and he's starting to worry that something is going on, and he goes into the living room and pulls open a drawer that's on like a bureau yeah. that a lamp is on in the living room. It's about three feet up <laughs> where he keeps a loaded fucking gun. He looks in there. He looks in there. It's there's a, a gun, drawer. and he, he looks in there, and there's this cutaway, a real <laughs> shitty cutaway of him. He opens the drawer from the wide shot. He's got and a then child. it cuts to a cutaway. Or no, he walks over to the... I don't even think they show him opening the drawer from the white chair. He just walks over to the desk. It's like this weird cutaway, I thought, where it was like, they just put that in later because like <laughs> he has to have the gun later, but they just it, like he goes over to the desk, there's a beat, and then it cuts to a close-up of him opening and closing the desk drawer, and yeah. there's a gun in there, just so you know. It might as well so you know. be in a candy jar. It is so accessible. <laughs> Seriously. It is absolutely eye-level with where there's a little kid that they have, and it's in the fucking living room. And this room. was the time period when I remember seeing like some HBO m- movie at the time when I was Stalin? That was like, it was Stalin. <laughs> it was very good. Uh, <laughs> nowhere uh, about like kids like, you know, finding guns and shooting themselves and yeah, stuff. And it, you know, it, like, it terrified me because it was like, Jesus, it was really, it was a huge bummer because these two kids are like, we're playing with the gun. It and then one of them you. blows him, blows himself away. But like, <laughs> but, like this is, away. but this is like, that's exactly uh, what this, what the, this, this little girl could just get into it's, that It's drawer. a minor detail, but just I'm one of those things where you're know, like, what the fuck? Maybe not, terri- maybe not terrified, but I was like disturbed by I, it, which is, I guess the point. But I'm picturing you terrified by idea of you finding a gun and killing yourself by accident like you're scared of doing this to yourself <laughs> no i had i might do it no i, I had do it i had real dumb friends <laughs> uh, that's true I yeah vouch for that they could have killed me no this is before you don't even know wow, these kids holy yeah shit. this is like grade school Way these kids the these guys were even dumber i don't know if any of them listened to this so anyways, in the in the actual theatrical ending, uh, Michael Douglas finally hears his wife scream. She's been ah, screaming a lot and struggling. There's She's a, yelling his name. Everyone's getting cut left and right, because uh, Glenn Close is just slashing and slashing. The whole fight there's in the an overflowing bathtub, water everywhere, blood everywhere. It's pretty yeah. it's pretty bloody. Yeah. And, uh, and Michael Douglas comes in and like uh, struggles with Glenn Close and eventually dunks her in the uh, tub. Drowns her in the tub. Drowns her in the tub. <laughs> I, like, I like dunks her. Dunks her in the tub. Like fucking... He throws a ball at a target and she falls into the tub. <laughs> 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 and uh, and she's just and she's down there for a long time. You, you would think she would be dead. I mean, she's breathed water. You'd think she'd be dead. I, that's all I'm saying. I'm not sure. a doctor. It's definitely a stinger where she you know pops back up. <laughs> she and well, because that's what it's like. You're saying because at this point it's become a it's away. become a fucking slasher film. Yeah, so yes. like you know, so it might as well come back. Not the dead day. until they're like dead three times yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it's all yeah. I mean, the whole movie up until. I don't know, the last 15 minutes has been a sort of like a drama, essentially, yeah. with some scarier stuff. She starts stalking him in a parking garage, and, and it, you know, it, it's t- it's tense and it's suspenseful, but it's it's very adult and, yeah. you know, this, it, it, it it's kind not of really a, plausible. It's also it's got, got that a, Adrian Ryan like uh, credit card commercial sheen to it. <laughs> yes. It, oh, yeah. It looks good. Uh, but you know, did we in say a bland that sort of Ann Archer way. then blows her away? Ann Archer blows her the fuck away. Yeah. The end. And, and it's the end. It Doesn't it end no, with like a, it ends the with camera them. zooming in on a picture of them? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. it ends with them at the door, like the police are coming or whatever, and then like Ann Archer and hugs him and is like, oh, thanks for saving me. And I guess all is forgiven oh, for or something. Me. And then they leave and then it zooms in on a picture of the the happy family. Just like, there you go. It's so dumb it's so fucking dumb the fact that she's like not <laughs> i mean maybe there's a scene later where she's like gonna go oh by the way i'm leaving you yeah because of all this because you know sure he saved her from that killer who he's was brought into their house essentially yeah <laughs> but almost who gave her the, he almost gave her the key <laughs> yeah well that's the theatrical ending the yeah. ending that they reshot after test audiences hated the original ending right. that was filmed in yeah. which uh 
the family is it outside. cuts it cuts to later and so it's after the car accident and all that stuff happened yeah. but it's like after so basically it would be like fade out from the hospital scene to right. this scene later six yeah. months later or something something and the okay. family is you know like doing yard work and playing in the yard and stuff like that at the country house and then the cops show up yeah this one cop that like had and he Michael Douglas had been talking to the local sheriff about like you gotta do something about this lady and he's like I can't do anything unless I catch her with a knife in her hand and she she's fucking abducted my off. kid nothing yeah. I can do about right, it. you know, classic. The, classic. the law is the law, and we can't do shit. That's <laughs> the law. Classic cop. I hate creeps as much as you, but there's nothing I can do about the cop it. I'm does, a cop. The cop does tell Mikey Douglas, like, you made your bed, you lie in it, yeah. sort of thing. Uh-huh. Which I do kind of love, because uh, yeah, like, I'm into it, that. Because, like, like, nobody else in the movie is fucking telling this guy that, yeah. and you're kind of like, I the whole time I'm going, like, fucking, you, you fucking deserve this. I don't think your family does, but you do, certainly. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like you're invited to think that this is absurd, that they can't do anything about this crazy woman. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's the classic, cops. that's just classic movie cop. Yeah. <laughs> does the cop know that I'm white? <laughs> do something. <laughs> I anyway, have money. The cops show up <laughs> and arrest Michael Douglas what? for murdering Glenn Close mm-hmm. because somebody cut the bitch's throat. Well, earlier in the movie, you see it, and there's this wait, is, th- wait, does the cop say that? Somebody, see, they're like, no, she no, she tried to kill just herself. Your own before. That's me editorializing. <laughs> All right, just make that's sure. basically what the guy says because they're like, no, she was crazy. Like she was suicidal. She said she was suicidal. She must have killed herself. And the guy is like, not too many people almost cut the head off with a butcher knife. Yeah, and and also there was a shot earlier, a very like a close up of him because he takes the knife from her when she's trying to kill him at this altercation where he comes in and like says, "Don't ever fucking call my wife. I'm gonna kill you or whatever." She tries to kill him with his knife. Yeah, they have a he, fight. He takes the knife from her. And there's a close-up of him like setting it down on the counter, and I was like, "Oh, that's gonna come oh, back." Interesting. His prints yeah, are on the knife, very... and it does oh, come back shit. in the original ending. Yeah, his prints are on the knife, so they take him away. Yeah, and they then, take him away, and he's going, "I, call, I didn't do this. Call, didn't do call this. my lawyer. Call my lawyer." And Ann Archer is still being a very good sport about this, and being like, "Oh my, I'm upset." Instead of being like, "She's like, well, I love you, I love you," as they're driving his ass away. Instead from of being like, uh, "Goodbye." Yeah, and then I'm gonna uh, file divorce papers. Where she? Soon. Where does she start looking through his desk? She's trying to find, the, trying lawyer's to find the lawyer's number, and then she finds this tape. And Glenn Close had recorded these and tapes. And the tape that he was says something to. like, "Play me." Or yeah, whatever. it says, "Play me," but it's from her. And then so she she puts this tape in and starts listening to it. And it's an answering machine message. That no, it's just no, it's a tape. It's a tape that she made for him. That she like left in his car, oh, okay. and he was to his friend to listen to. Like, I play, thought she like called like, him on the listen, phone and left a message. Like, listen to me, and so she's listening to the. Ann Archer's listening to this tape, and then she starts talking about, "I'm, I can't get over you. I can't get over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't come over, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna do uh. it. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna do it." And at this point, I thought that one of two things was going to happen. I thought the thing that does happen might, but I also thought that Ann Archer might just rip up the tape, tape over the tape, and go, That's and then walk away. And I was like, that would be a perfect oh, ending. Blooded. That would have been great. Yeah. That would have been great because, like, fuck you, you got your. You know, yeah. essentially, like you made your bed. But what she does do is that she listens to tape, and this woman, this poor woman, who's dead. Now, yeah, I was just gonna say, not a tear shed for Glenn Close in either version of these. Who's <laughs> story who's for this poor? Who's woman. crazy, but also has like clearly problems. had problems. Yeah. Uh, if uh, only Michael Douglas had called the I'm, fucking doctor. I'm when gonna she tried kill, to kill herself. I'm the first gonna time. kill Seriously. myself. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna kill myself on this tape. And then Ann Archer takes the tape out and goes, "Thank, thank God." She says, and thank she, God. She, like, kisses the tape or something Whoa. and, like, leaves. And it's so it's supposed to be, you know, it's going to exonerate him. And then isn't it fade to the shot of then the, it fades pic- to, the picture of the family again? No, then it fades to Glenn Close in, in oh, her right, bathroom. right, right. And it shows cutting her, her, own it shows her cutting what? her own throat. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. Which and is exactly how Butterfly kills herself in the opera. Uh-huh. And so, okay. uh... 
I don't think it makes the movie good, but it it works as an and, ending. And, and in this way, it doesn't. Uh, it really doesn't switch into that thriller nope. gear at all. It's no, kind of it's much more. It, it's much more coherent. Mildly suspenseful it, drama. It doesn't just turn into like a weird uh, Halloween movie at the end. Yeah. All of a sudden, where like she's an unstoppable <laughs> killer that's loose in their bathroom. It doesn't make the movie good, but it is a better version of the movie. Yeah, and I mean, again, like I said, that that slasher film scene is dumb and sucks and doesn't make sense with the movie. Also, is one of the more exciting scenes in the movie too. So like, what's, here's what's but, weird to me about about the audience that that gave the thumbs down to that ending too. Because like, what was the audience? Apparently so. Because the audience is on Michael hit. Douglas's but side. But it's like, man. what was the audience? Was like, oh man, you ruined, we were having so much fun. I know, right? And then you ended that way. And you're like, what are you talking about? This movie I, isn't fun. I guess so. This yeah, it's a pretty unpleasant movie, and it's yeah. it's not necessarily boring. I guess it's just yeah. sort of like. Ugh. I mean, do you think that there's like a boys will be boys mentality that like the audience is sitting there going like, look, man, he fucked around a couple of times. I mean, that's clearly the movie's attitude. Yeah, guys need like, to dip their yeah. wicks. Yeah. Although in both versions, he gets a, I mean, he's, he basically in the, in the second one, you don't see him like get away with it. But like, she's got this evidence that says where this woman's saying, I'm going to kill myself. And so they can go, they can pretty much go, okay, well, your prince may have been on the knife because you were over there, but. There's no. He's got a pretty good, evidence. reasonable doubt case. I don't exactly. think they'd ever convict him. Exactly. He's not going to go to. He's not going to prison for this for the murder of this woman. Yeah. And then because it, so it's supposed. I mean, I think it's because the audience is with him, and then it sort of turns on them in the last minute, which I think is great because it's like actually it's kind of been about this lady and like she killed herself because of this thing that happened. Yeah. And uh, I think the movie's the movie's too bland in general to like kind of. Because there's no character. His character. There's. I just feel like there's n- like no character to any of these characters. Glenn Close, but is her thing Glenn is just Close. like she's crazy. <laughs> That's her and, whole character. And is this the sort of thing that we can that we can trace to be like some the, the raising of a price of some sort of drug that she was medicating on? Because she was doing very well in life. She had a good high paying job. I don't. And then just fucking snaps. I think that at the age is, of thirty six, they never show her at. She's yeah. She says she's thirty six. They discontinue her her like medication. They or never something? show her at work. What after happened? that one they never scene show her too. level at yeah. all no yeah. like even when they're like having their flirtatious meetings before they start having sex she's terrifying yeah she's already kind of weird <laughs> like at the beginning of the movie like he's you know Michael Douglas is hanging out with his family and he's got this beautiful wife Ann Archer they're clearly in love they're hanging out in their white underwear. Their underwear hanging out in their underwear everything looks very peaceful and like the first time you see Glenn Close you know when he like gets hit by lightning by this woman she's like she looks like a, like one of the Nazgul I mean <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's horrifying. Good like Lord. she's got this really weird blowout and it's weird white face paint. She's she poorly looks, lit too. She's, looks she's lit really in a harsh bad. in a harsh manner I a lot think of the time. It's, I think it's deliberate. Yeah. I honestly think to that they're try trying to make her, to make her look like creepy and scary and I also think that that's a mistake because you get no indication of why not only why he would cheat on his wife but like why with this woman what is it what's there's going no, on there's no turn for this character really yeah, like you, from the start you're kind of like she's yeah. weird maybe don't hang out with that lady right. too much maybe yeah. have this drink and then go home <laughs> Well, she exhibits. Glenn a, Close isn't like an unattractive woman. That's not my point. No, it's no. like they've it's the made her that look she's weird. Portrayed. Yeah. yeah, and Glenn Close, um, just to, to, to the tune of some of the insensitivity towards mental illness that this yeah. movie has, uh, Glenn Close does exhibit like if and she's she's a good actor, so she portrays this very well. But she exhibits a lot of the uh, symptoms of borderline personality disorder, which is a real thing that it, like I have known people that have this, and it's recognizable. Yeah, Kevin's right over here. Yeah, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin over here. Aww. But there's like she does a lot of very. <laughs> 
trade recognizable stuff Johnny that, I mental think, problems that I think here. a lot of people would relate to um, and then is turned into a psycho, yeah. end, which is not a thing that, that happens right. with these people. And let's be clear, we're, we're, talking, a about a, we're talking about a series, like, a, you know, a, generally on this podcast, we talk about these suspense movies, so we're not against something like this being, like, salacious and no. politically incorrect or, like, you oh, know. Well, I mean, we'll cover we it. We welcome it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. but fucking we're doing do, the hand that rocks the cradle later on. Fucking yeah. do that, though. Yeah, but, yeah, commit to that. Exactly. Like, do that movie. Don't, like, this sort of doesn't even, like you were saying, it doesn't, it, it, that's why I was saying earlier, I think, about how Glenn Close is overqualified for this part, because she clearly is having a, a good time chewing the scenery and, like, being crazy, but also you're like, but this is an actor who could portray this in a very realistic way, and this would, could be a really good drama about how You've got the ingredients for are, a real movie here. Right. It's called, it's called Crazy Douglas, Beautiful. Yeah. It's got Kristen Dunstan. <laughs> And she doesn't end up fucking slashing people with a knife in the ba- bathroom. <laughs> That's a good end. point. So anyway, I mean, it it is feel it does feel like the kind of thing that uh, where it was like this this sort of drama about this that then had a uh, like a thriller grafted on top of it. Kind of like now, well, now we got to make this a thriller. Uh, we got to make this like this kind of movie because yeah. that's what people are going to want to see. Not even only the ending, sort of throughout the movie. I mean, it's particularly the parts towards the end where the kid gets kidnapped, and it kind of is like jarringly an action movie. I think this weirdly speaks to my theory about the uh, the opera, mm-hmm. and also because there's a little clue. You and I talked about this the other day. The movie has a screenplay credit, yeah, and then a credit for. Based on his screenplay, so the same, same guy. guy that was weird. So I think he wrote an adaptation of Butterfly, ostensibly, whatever it was called. I don't know. And then they they were like, well, "What if we do it this way?" Michael Douglas and said then he wrote, and then he wrote rewrote it, it, and and like somehow gets paid for two things because he like it was like a top down thing. You know what this I mean? Guy Who knows the business. Yeah. Um, Who was the screenwriter? Does anybody I for, remember? I forget. <laughs> I forget. Pete, Pete Buttigieg. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I remember the screenwriter of Single White Female. Booty Judge. But. Booty Judge. Um, (laughs) well, uh, I got, I got a couple, we'll do reviews. I got a couple quotes here. Um, I thought that this was pretty funny because this is when, uh, this is at the point where Glenn Close was really escalating things and she's on the phone. Michael Douglas has changed his number as you might imagine. Because she keeps calling him all the time, and she's trying to get the new the number of his new house, and from the operator, and she's operator. This is a real emergency, and you have to give me that number. Well, fuck you! Click. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Glenn Close is having a great time fucking yelling and screaming and shit in this movie. Uh, I mean, Michael I hope she a- did filming this movie. She certainly was fun to watch. At one point, she <laughs> says, uh, if you can't fuck me, just hit me. Oh my God, Jesus. Good advice. Uh, Jesus Christ. I think this might be on her tape. She leaves this crazy raving tape for him that he listens yeah. to in his car. That's and then the separately, that's in his, the tape. Yeah. yeah, in his sound system. He's like, I'm going to give this another listen. But uh, I feel I feel you. <laughs> and I, then his wife sneaks, his wife comes in the room and like touches you. Because ah! he's at home with his family. Listening, listening to this, to this psycho tape. tape. I mean, maybe uh, it's better if I listen to it a second What are you listening time. to? Oh, book on tape. Book on tape. <laughs> Uh, it was just a scary part. You it's wouldn't a, like it. It's a new Stephen King. <laughs> you wouldn't like it. Yeah. I feel you. I taste you. I think you. I touch you. And then she starts to get mad at him. Like, what? You don't like pussy or whatever? And then this is just a this is just a quote. But she, she starts screaming in 1987. You flaming fucking faggot. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. And it, exactly my words. Exactly what I was watching. This. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Calm down. Okay. I feel like we. I think feel like we all probably said that at the. I don't think we need to be yeah. the kind of organization that labels people, right? <laughs> <laughs> not uh, <laughs> ratings uh, two Judds yeah three Douglases two boiled rabbits mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna go 
Yeah, two Judds. And then I'm going to go three and a half Douglases just because it, it is a sleazy. I mean, the whole thing is about about sleazy. And that ele- I forgot about the elevator scene before we were talking about it. And that is great because she's just like, <laughs> she just like goes, she's just like, is like, you ever fucked in an elevator? You ever done an elevator before? And then she just fucking starts going down on him. It's and pretty it's, funny. It's pretty funny. It's actually a pretty, it's a, a good scene. It's uh, towards the beginning of the movie where there's some good scenes. I think that this, we really this talk movie about is actually a lot, who's dis- terrible. On a, on a technical level, this movie is pretty well directed, and it looks yeah. it's very very well shot. It looks good. The acting's pretty good. It's just not fun. And and then it's all totally and then all the, and then all that other stuff that we talked about. So I'll give it. I'm giving it two. That feels right. And and three Douglases. It is. There's a lot of sex. Uh, and I'm gonna give it um, two. No, just just one loaded fucking gun in the living room in an unlocked drawer. <laughs> I'm gonna give it five out of five uh, Stuart Pankins. Ooh, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah great. that's not good. Five no. out of five elevator blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> EBJ's. Mm. I wanted to I wanted to mention one other thing that I thought was funny. It was a story I read about the movie. Excuse me. Uh, there's a scene where. And Archer and Michael Douglas are confronting each other about the affair, having this big fight, and it keeps cutting to the little girl, their kid, just crying, holding this little stuffed animal. Yeah. And uh, apparently, because Kevin was pointing out earlier that the kid was a really good actor, apparently the reason, the way that they got the kid to cry like that on camera was that Michael Douglas is behind the camera going, I'm going to take that fucking stuffed animal, rip it out of your hands, we'll rip it to pieces. He's serious? like yelling at the kid, yeah. Oh my it is anecdotal, right? Yeah, so. it's all, I mean, I read this on like IMDb trivia, so... Might be apocryphal, but it's a great story. And he's like, you know, I felt really bad, but uh, the movie's a movie, you know. He's a producer. I believe that. Yeah, I believe. I that believe story. that. It's a good story. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Just uh, you know what? I'm I'm like sticking hard with my three and a half Douglases mm, for that. Just because of that. Yeah. Just because of that. But even though it doesn't, it's it's not. You don't see that in the movie. But just knowing that he was yelling at a little kid yeah. to get her to cry on camera, I'm like, okay, yeah, Douglas really, uh, he really went for it. Michael Douglas is in it to win it. <laughs> little kid Everybody. knows where he lives and breathes. Uh, In this city, on this street, in this apartment. Hi, are you Allison Jones? I'm Hedra Carlson. Hedra, that's unusual. When can you move in? An ad for a roommate brought a stranger into Allison's life. Someone. Beautiful on you. Who shares? What's well, kind of fun having a girlfriend again? Someone. Do you guys know when you'll be back? Uh, no, it's kind of an anniversary tonight. Really? Who cares? Where the hell have you been? <gasps> All right. All right well, um, moving on yeah. to a more fun movie, but mm-hmm. a, another movie that I didn't love. A single white female. <laughs> I would say that I liked. I would say I liked this one. It's, it's, uh, I like, don't, it's more fun. I didn't like Fatal Attraction. I thought it was mostly dumb, but I think I liked this one. This one works on the level of a thriller pretty much all the way through. It's just it's just like sort of... I thought this is just like a solid piece of work. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, it's not like great, but you're like, yep, this is kind of what we're thinking here. Yep. This is what we're this is what we're talking about is this kind of thing. And like you like Fatal Attraction, you know sort of the premise already, but um, of like, you know, some something's going to go wrong with one of these characters, but it does a good job like setting up the characters. As, well, what's this movie about? What happens? Um, it, it has a uh, an interesting teaser opening where it shows two twin girls. Yep. Uh-huh. In uh, and there's a mirror there That's too the very to first sort of scene, add to it. Yeah. And they're like putting lipstick on each other, and you're and then cut to you it's know creepy. twenty years later or whatever. It and is. this is uh, who's the director? Of this Barbie uh, Schroeder. Barbie Schroeder. Yeah. Who directed uh, Barfly, one of my favorites, one of Matt's least favorites. So wow, yeah, yeah. I'm not a Barfly fan. I'm the yeah. guy. That's me. But anyway, we 
don't need to get into that. But uh, but I think he's he's a good director generally. But it's cool, you know. It starts off with he also that. directed Coco, the documentary about yeah. Coco. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, and Matrix and the, and the and the and the great Idi Amin documentary also good. Yeah. And Matrix, the guy where the the, the yeah. movie where the guy gets a nail through his dick. Mm. <laughs> Nothing like that happens here. Great. That Pacific, one's a good Pacific movie. Heights. Pacific Heights. <laughs> which no, will, that's which not will him. Probably no, that's not Barbe Schroeder. Yeah, it's not Barbe Schroeder. Oh no, that's uh, is that uh, Schlesinger? John Schlesinger? John Schlesinger? Yeah. yeah. Mm. But we got to uh, do that one, boy. That's a fucking funny. He movie. did a, he did a thriller with Michael Keaton as a serial killer. Yes, Desperate and, Measures and Andy Garcia. Desperate oh, Measures. Oh right, yeah. we might do that. Someday. Okay. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> we got to do Pacific Heights. Anyway, back, back to single white female, you guys. <laughs> Keaton on. trio. Stay on time. Oh yeah, Keaton. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Clean Sorry. and sober. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, will he cut? Will he quit? One doing blow. One good cop. Uh, Ooh, oh shit. Yes. <laughs> anyways, Ooh. anyways, so I, like just immediately what popped into my mind when I when I watched this scene with the two like twins in the in the mm. mirror, I was like, this movie is gonna be about a kind of psychosis that doesn't exist, isn't it? <laughs> this is gonna have some dumb psychology in it. I is expected it, you to go like, oh, I'm watching these two twin girls, and I thought, take it off. Oh, is it a psychosis that doesn't pervert. exist? You're a pervert. A twin, a twin thing. That cutting that out, man. Does okay. it cutting it out? Does a twin thing not exist? Is there not a, such it a thing as like kind r- of? What? I mean, I could be wrong, and I will say us, that. Please send us your message. If there is a thing where like twins, like a twin dies, and then you spend the rest of your life trying to find another twin psychotically, I mean, to, to I, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I would say that this movie, even though, even if it's not real, it at least sets up a psychosis of some sort, as opposed to Fatal Attraction, which sets up nothing of this. It doesn't, you don't, there's, you like go like, what's her deal? Well, it pathologizes this, and that one is like, yeah, she's right. crazy. She's but I mean, I feel like on the level of a thriller, it at least like works that way, because you're like, yeah. okay, I see, oh, I see what, you know, as a whodunit, you go, oh, here's why she did it. Whether or not it's an, you can look it up, and that's an actual real medical thing that yeah. can happen, uh, who knows? But as a plot point of a thriller, it uh, it works. But anyway, it, it gives us the opportunity to have a, a fantastic thriller scene where a woman unveils a new haircut and it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and it's like dun dun dun. So anyway, and cuts, it's just a lady in her new haircut. Cuts from these twins uh, looking in the mirror, and then uh, to uh, sex. Is mm, that just I believe? Cuts to Br- yeah, it cuts Brigitte to Fonda, Bridget Fonda, um, and, and Stephen Weber from Wings. Stephen Weber. I didn't know. Stephen Weber in this, from so The Shining. I was very excited please. to see us. Uh, to see one of the Hackett brothers in Stephen Weber from the newsroom. God damn it. <laughs> I found him very insufferable in this movie. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I guess think he's you're supposed to be. And I mean, be, yeah. he is also supposed to be. Like, yeah. I think that he was, he's, he's playing He's definitely the least that. insufferable of the two Stevens in this movie. <laughs> oh, but I love the other Steven in yeah. this movie, though. Um, but, uh, so they're, they're just, they're fucking, and they're talking at the same time. Or they get done fucking, I guess. And then they're talking about how uh, they're going to get married. And then in this one scene, they're talking about how they're going to get married. It's oh, a lot right. of setup. They, they really clear this out. They're really talking about quick, how they're going to they? get married. He seems like a creep, uh, partly because he's Stephen Weber. Apologies <laughs> to Stephen Weber if you're not <laughs> if you're really a creep. I, I can't imagine your problem. Seems like he's probably a perfectly, probably nice, perfectly guy. nice guy. But in this movie, Tim Daly, playing, on the other creep. hand, a piece of uh, shit. So his the phone rings and she goes, "It's your ex-wife." So he's been married before. He gives she gives it to her and he's just like, "Don't call me here ever again." Hangs up and goes she, to the answering goes to the answering machine. machine. She calls back and he goes to the answering machine. Uh, Bridget Fonda gets out of bed, walks walking over to the answering machine. She's gonna shut it Naked. off. She's like, he's like, he's like, I'll just. She's like, just talk to her now. It'll blah blah blah. And this is all the first scene of the movie. This is the first like five minutes of the movie. And then she she overhears the, the message. It's still recording the message while he's talking to her on the phone. And he's like, don't call here, blah, blah, blah. And, she's, and his ex-wife is like, you can't just come over to my house and have sex with me and then leave. And so it's all, and so Bridget Fonda hears all that. So then it's kind of like, well, you think this guy's going to be out of the picture. Of course, he 
comes back later. It's baby, it's, baby, it didn't mean uh, anything. I just, you know, yeah. I had to dip my wick and blow Oof. my stack. Yeah, so that you know how it is if you're a guy, you gotta do that shit, baby. <laughs> What's your point? It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> I'm saying I'm on his side. Oh, okay, it doesn't stick. But that was the other. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. That was yeah. the second. That was we the, don't have any control over the this. secondary theme. We didn't really get into the boiling bunny and fatal attraction, but oh, there's yeah. a scene where she well, boils, everybody knows about there's it. A scene where she boils a bunny, which is like the one thing everybody knows about that. And the scene is funny. There's two two themes that carry through in from that to this one is that it's cheating like dudes cheating on their significant others and uh and it working out well i mean to a point in this one working out okay for them like the, their That's significant goodness. others are like i'm we're i'm fine with that yeah i'm fine with it this one i feel like felt again this one felt like more realistic isn't the word but it felt more like there was some effort put into like, well, he comes in and talks to her and says, I'm sorry. And all this stuff. And whereas in fatal attraction, he's like, I did. I slept with this crazy woman. And she's like, Oh, and then it seems like she's fine. With this. <laughs> like well, she's not fine with it. She's can a, blame you. She's upset about it, but she's like, well, geez, we just bought this house. I know I you're guess. a man's man and a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Uh, and I appreciate that. about So you. then it becomes a situation where Bridget Fonda is looking for a roommate because yeah, she has got a, her, she's her got a rent controlled apartment in New York. And it's about the size of a, grocery store yeah. it's, yeah, it's like bigger than two friends apartments it's fucking yes. together yeah and uh and so she, you know she's not she doesn't want to leave this place eh, understandably i think that's very understandable she yeah. needs a roommate now there's a funny scene where bridget fonda is is trying to make her bed and then she she's taking the sheets off and she breaks down and starts crying <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it was funny I don't remember. Were there any? Were there any like later to be famous actresses who played potential roommates in this? Ah, uh, nope. Not that oh, I, I didn't recognize no. anybody. But well, there's one old... of them. One of them comes in and his talk is is actually really funny, and she's like talking about weird shit in her life. She's being like too. Um, she's I'm, I'm too open. To, yeah, she's being like too open about shit. Man, I, I wish I. And could. everybody's wearing these like 1992 clothes. It's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, so especially in her like her sort of dowdy clothes, that she first shows up right in, where she's got like that uh what do you call it? it's like that hat that is like made out of basket material <laughs> someone so nobody nobody comment on that but you know those those 90s hats it felt like i was watching like a lisa loeb video or something all of a sudden <laughs> you know it's like the nah, fuck. during this time when she's looking for a new roommate she gets a business uh, associate and it's werner brandis yeah steven tobolowski Tell it was fun to see him play like such a creep in this too. Because t- I usually creep, I feel creep. like most of the stuff you see him play like a nerd or like sort of like a weird guy maybe. But this one he's like a oh, fuck. He's like they hired because that's the type of they would hire like maybe a guy who's doesn't look like him to play the like the creepy sleaze who's like the and you go oh yeah this guy's a sleaze bag he means seems mean and stuff. But you hire Stephen Tobolowsky and you're like I don't know what to think of this guy because he is a weird he's like a weird nerd looking dude. Yeah. But he's also like he, right from the start is like a huge fucking sleaze bag. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he kind of like cons her into doing the work. She she um, co-programmed a software yeah. thing that helps with fashion or something, yeah. and she needs to be on hand to show people how to use it. And this is her job. And he's kind of like, "Well, I can see that you don't have any other clients." Wow, or that's so, good. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm nailing it. That's and, good. Uh, <laughs> no, solid. Yeah. And uh, it's like it's, Tobo's right here. Is, is Tobo here? Get that Tobolowski oh, podcast that guy. Me. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, we know him. 
And so he kind of like fucks her into having a shitty deal, and uh, and so she she really needs a roommate. So you know, money's tight. Yeah. And then uh, there's a montage of prospective roommates that's not as funny as you'd think. No. And then uh, pretty quickly, I think she meet, maybe meets two or three people, and then she's <laughs> down on the floor because she's crying, still crying over this breakup. She's yeah. Been, you know, she was just tender. trying to call him, and then she breaks down, not she's, wanting she's to call. She's sitting him on the floor of her kitchen in the fetal position, crying, yeah. and that's when Jennifer Jason Lee shows mm-hmm. up. As Hetty, and she's like, uh, <laughs> hi, hi, is hi. this cool? Or head, head, Hedra, Hedra, but she Nickname goes by Hetty. Hetty. Yeah. And uh, and she kind of like starts insinuating herself pretty quick into her life. Well, she's, she like there's like a whole she's given her everything she needs. There's a whole cute scene where she's like, I'm not talking to anybody else today. And she's like, No, it's okay. Well, I mean, here I, I'll just you know. And they go to the sink, and then the sink sprays water all over and them. They and they laugh, then, and they laugh, and they're they're drying their what? clothes. And then she's kind of like, They've hung out all day. You know, it's nighttime, and she's like, When can you move in? It's it, you don't see it, but it's implied that they had a good a good old time. And she's like, This girl will be fine. Yeah. She she's not spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be spoilers. Jennifer Jason Lee is, is not a good roommate. No, this, she's a bad roommate. That's well, what this movie was originally I would called. Say bad roommate. She has a fatal attraction, if yeah. you will. Uh, I would say that she's certainly that she's the worst roommate. But worst roommate. But I would say that Bridget Fonda at times also is a terrible roommate. Sure, in this. Bridget Fonda makes a a terrible dick move that I, that is not as bad as some of it's, the stuff that Jennifer Jason no, no, Lee no. is. You know, particularly the murders. Yeah. Um, but where she's like particularly, particularly Lee, one murder that I'm going to talk about. Right. You know, Jennifer Jason Lee's uh, or Hetty is about to is about to move in, and she's like, I know that this is sort of a um, a rebound thing, and you broke up with your boyfriend. I need that you need to assure me that this isn't going to be like a temporary and she thing. Goes, and oh, she's like, I promise. It's going to be. She goes, I promise that it won't. And, and it's it, like a month then, later. Course, she's like, Hetty, I'm going to need you out. I'm going to need you to move out because Fuck my uh, I got back together with that guy who's a real piece of shit, and he's moving back in. Yeah, it's uh, fucked up. That's yeah, fucked up. So I think, and I not it doesn't justify the murders. Yes, but I don't know. But it's fucked up. <laughs> but it's fucked up to do that to someone. It's the biggest dick move up in, that anybody pulls in this until the murders. Because that's as coming from some people who have had to, you know, we have parents stuff, and it's like yeah, sometimes yeah. it's hard to find a place, and you find a good place, and then someone goes, "Would go, you have to move." I can't imagine. I don't think I would murder After they people. Promised you, but that I would they be pissed. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's uh, fucking. It's fucking sucks. But but Hetty uh, <laughs> immediately becomes obsessed. There's this there's this interesting thing that happens in movies a lot of times where Hetty uh, the, the movie is trying to convince you the same thing that Hetty believes, which is that Bridget Fonda is worlds more beautiful yeah. than uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. And Jennifer Jason Lee is like the plain one. She's like, my God, look at you, you're so beautiful, yeah. and and I'm just this this pathetic uh, piece of shit. And you're like, you're both fucking movie stars, <laughs> yeah, right? You're both gorgeous women. I'll say that Come I like I do love both of these actors a I lot. Do. And so so I like I was I, I like both of them in this movie. It was great to see them in the same movie together doing. And I'd stuff, never seen I'd never seen this, great. and I Jennifer Jason Lee always is amazes, amazes me because sakes. she just is like one of those actors who just constantly brings everything to the table. Yeah, and Bridget Fonda I'm, is like one of those actors who I'm sad to had. Uh, she retired. Retired early because of probably because of some shitty. She got all the Fonda money though. She's, Maybe she'll be fine. I mean, I heard she just you know she uh, just didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it anymore. It yeah. wasn't like a Me Too kind of thing. I only I, the only version of the story I know is that she decided she didn't want to do it anymore. So yeah. more power to her. She no, wanted, that's she wanted to get married, raise a family. Great. I was saying it's sad for it's us. sad for us. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't feel I'm sure she's fine. I don't. Yeah. I'm sure Bridget Fonda is out there being fine somewhere. Remember back in the day, Tarantino was starting to make a giallo with her. No, it would have oh, been man, great. That remake awesome. of the Psychic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. that would have been good. Yeah. Anyway, these actors are both great. Um, there's a scene where they look in the mirror, and she's like, "Look at Jennifer Jason." She's like, "Look at you. Look at you. You're in a different league. 
you're in a different league. You can get anybody you want. Yeah. And not and to be like, too disgusting about it, but the, both of these actors that are very naked in this movie, and I could well, have Jennifer, been more Jennifer Jason Leigh is naked as all hell. Sure, this. but I'm saying, like, Bridget Bridget Fonda's, she's naked Bridget in Bridget Fonda, and we're just going to get into details about nakedness, but, like, Bridget Fonda is doing a lot of na- nakedness in the shadows and right. stuff like that. Jennifer Jason Leigh is just walking around naked constantly. <laughs> well, I mean, what, in this. Jennifer Jason Leigh is masturbating naked. in one scene. She's naked in uh, Fast Times Urge of My High, which was, Lots like, her movies. second movie. But, I mean, I'm just saying that she, I'm like, saying, she, like, started I'm out going, like, I'm going to. Travis, where he's like, yeah. they're trying to make you believe that one of these women is less attractive oh, than the yeah. other one. It's I mean, like, come I'm on. sorry. No, look, I don't mean to be graphic well, about it, but And no. then they do, like, I mean, they try to make you believe that, but then when she changes her, when she does the, changes her hair and looks like Bridget Fonda, they yeah. don't look that no, dissimilar. There was a shorter. couple, there's a couple, one of them shorter, but in like some shots, if it's shot from a certain I think Jason Lee's a full foot shorter than when Bridget Fonda. Right, but I mean, like, when you, when you, there were a couple shots where like, depending on the camera angle, I, at first I was like, oh wait, is that Bridget Fonda? I was like, oh no, it's not. Like, you know. There's even the scene where she seduces Steve yeah. Weber, and it's like at first I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh what? Oh, why, why, oh. Would, you, why would you not? It's, it yeah. was really, it's a really well done scene because yeah, really it, well it, it fucking tricked me kind of up to up to a point where I'm like, oh well, that can't possibly be her because why would this scene be happening? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're just gonna show you this blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so they uh, the whatever they live together and stuff starts kind of she kind of gets gets weird <laughs> almost immediately. <laughs> yeah, she's taking too much of an interest in uh, in her private life. And she yeah. and she's just starting to kind of like exert a weird kind of control. Uh, yeah. Bridget Fonda also does a fair amount of like stalking, not stalking, but like she's going into her room and looking at her stuff. There's and, a te- she really? walks in and sees her masturbating at one point and just sort of looks at her. That <laughs> <laughs> seems so. And she's weird. holding the dog in the dog parks. She runs like, away ah. like she runs away like horrified. Sort of. It's like this weird scene where you're like. Like I, she runs into her room and is like, "Oh no, I saw her masturbating," and it's like this sort of suspense scene. But I was kind of like, "Well, wouldn't she be like, oh, I'm sorry, like laughing or something?" That's I mean, like, "Oh, geez, oh god, close your That's door or something." Maybe of the the late or yeah. early nineties yeah, yeah. thriller thing. That's just like it's trying to be sexy. It's trying to be all alluring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, as well, opposed also, to like the kind of thing where if that really happened, you'd be like, "Oops, sorry, shut the door, leave." Right. Ooh. It's also supposed to be the thing where she like is like you know invading this woman's privacy yeah. sort of but also this woman like wants to be <laughs> and it's be also her. another excuse to show jennifer jason these boobs because yeah. um, they're, they're deploying this sort of stuff pretty constantly so throughout the movie you mentioned the dog and so this is she gets a dog like oh uh, yeah almost immediately she gets this puppy and there's like a, a close-up of this like bill where she bought the dog right. and it's like sizzler 350 dollars, and then she tells bridget fonda oh they were just giving them away a at the buddy. market and buddy is the puppy buddy and they're just giving away at the market blah 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 i don't want to get too i don't want to talk too much about buddy because i'm just gonna say let's just say that he gets killed by yeah. by by off off camera well you see the dead dog but and he's a he's a cute little golden retriever puppy and bridget fonda is one over by him and then i think when steven weber comes back into the picture uh and she buddy she, gets iced buddy gets iced and uh so that was the yeah that was the main murder that bothered me in mm. this movie but that was another thing i was like oh so that's another thing that carried over from mm-hmm. fatal attraction was uh adorable pets getting murdered uh the dog in fatal attraction makes it through the whole movie because a rabbit shows up late in the game <laughs> takes, takes, the, takes, bullet. takes the, bullet. the bullet for it yeah. um, jumps on that grenade so to, so to speak so uh, I was as soon as this puppy takes, showed up I was like the oh, boilet this oh Jesus Jeez. Christ <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck you guys Good Johnny Bad Good Puns over here oh no <laughs> right to his face <laughs> uh, anyway poor buddy does not make it and uh, 
Yeah, and it's, it's, it, J- uh, Jennifer Jason Lee tries to blame it on uh, Stephen Weber because he, like, he didn't fix, fix the, the thing. Oh, he left the window open and didn't fix the thing correctly. And the She's dog making all these little moves. It's really weird too because that dog would have had to go through a lot of trouble to get out the window and then. Uh, break this part of this gating off to fall off then fall yeah. off you're like duh i know i've met dogs and dogs are dumb but a dog would go out on that porch and be like whoa i don't want to fall <laughs> it's also an animal who knows uh, about gravity and like not and is would be so it's like clearly then it's just, weird because they find the tape of the dog and the dog is like i'm gonna kill myself I'm gonna kill myself, myself. <laughs> well that's in the alternate ending yeah <laughs> I don't want to bring children into this world. <laughs> the original ending, the dog, they find the dog's suicide tape, and yeah. Aunt Archie goes, thank, thank God. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. Uh, yeah, it's like Jennifer Jason Lee's constantly making these little moves to try to insinuate, to drive a wedge between Stephen Weber yeah. and Bridget Fonda. And, Which, and by the like, way, bring herself that letter. That would be good if she, was, if she was just trying to drive a wedge between Bridget Fonda and Stephen Weber in this movie, because, like, just... Just See, that's the guy. I was thinking that the whole time. Like, dump I'm watching this movie going, like, it's too bad that she's an obsessive psycho stalker because they'd probably get along just great and be good roommates. <laughs> exactly. And, like, and like also, like, don't be, don't get back together with that guy. Yeah, don't do that. Because she says he's just going to cheat on you again. And, well, he does sort of, but she kind of rapes him. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and get to that scene. Uh, <laughs> because uh, he come, he's been, like, out of town for a little while. Yeah. And then he comes back, and he's staying at a hotel. And uh, at this point, Brigitte Fonda has the aforementioned... Or, sorry, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee has the aforementioned exact same haircut yeah, that yep. Bridget Fonda had. Well, and that's red, a real haired pixie a real red thing. flag for Bridget. She's like, oh, I, oh she shit. She comes downstairs from the salon, and she looks exactly the same as her. And she and Bridget Fonda rightfully freaks out. And she goes, I thought you'd like it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Love it. It's yeah. so good. And uh, and so and then at one point, um, it's still my look. At one point, uh, Bridget Fonda tells Jennifer Jason Lee that uh, she's getting back together with Stephen Weber, and she goes, "You're so fucking weak." You're so- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so good. And it's like what? This is these are yeah. big red flags. Yeah, it's good. it's good. Huge. Jennifer Jason Lee, I can't stress, is great in this movie she's too. Yeah, she's, she's like not only fun. chewing scenery. She's like you. I mean, like like you said at the beginning, this is probably not a real psychosis. This twin thing, but you know, watching this movie, you're like, well, she seems like there's something wrong with her in a real way, as opposed to just like the script says. As a line like you are crazy now. She and is she's crazy. Like, yeah, it feels like there's something going. Like you're like, oh, okay. Well, sh- whatever it is. She- I think that there's some backstory where she had a twin, and then that one of the twins died, and Drowned. she blamed herself for it. Well, that twin was the better twin because yeah. she explains that twins. There's twins, right. and one of them is better than the other one. And that was the. So good. This, she never this forgave crazy her for Boys for- Town. Yeah, <laughs> at least this. Is- <laughs> <laughs> At least this uh, mental illness arises from a specific trauma, which yeah. is often what happens. Right, uh, or at least it plays a part in it. Her parents are sending her money because or something, yeah, but they, they, they want her. They want her to come home, but they don't want. They're like they've sent her to doctors before, and there was some trauma from that too. It sounds yeah. like so. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that you kind of get the idea of, but at least it sets up something, which is a difference from the first movie we did, which sets up that Nothing. this woman is a woman that he wants to have sex with, and then she's crazy. Yeah, yeah. there's Whoops. no, there's no. Um, like thing where you, then later on he doesn't like look through her files and go oh I see oh her dad had a heart attack right well that would do in it in front of her that would do it for anyone but she makes but a yeah, joke but about it but you're right in Fatal Attraction like if he just fucked somebody different it would have been okay yeah right it would be a totally different movie but any, so, anyways, back Maybe to the, more back boring. To, back to the, uh, the the showpiece scene of the of the whole movie, where where Stephen Weber's in his hotel. This room. This scene made me go, oh! And my girlfriend, 
was like shocked because she's like you never react to because she's covering her eyes constantly during like violent scenes in movies yeah and she's she was like shocked because you've never seen this before i must have seen this movie five or five to ten times she was just she was just the boobs she was just shocked that she that i that i reacted to on-screen violence which never uh which i never do well before we before we get (laughs) on-screen violence uh we get uh we get a very fairly graphic blowjob scene oh yeah that i didn't go uh, i didn't i didn't go oh to that jjl walks in and she's got that she's got this metallic colored overcoat well, it's, it's her coat it's that her is, it's that Jennifer is Bridget Jason Fonda's. Lee's co- or Bridget Fonda's coat yes yeah. and she's got the pixie cut and she shows up and he's like oh well you look pretty much you're full foot shorter but maybe uh, who knows well who he knows? doesn't see her till she, maybe he got he an accident see her till she crawls into bed that's true and, and he just like, sees the top of her head yeah, yeah. as the top of her he head he literally goes just down, sees the top of her head yeah. goes down she's and, going down and starts blowing him and then and then she kind of like looks up he goes he kind of realizes before he even sees her face like this doesn't feel like the right kind of blowjob and then she looks up and goes I'm not Allie. And then he's like, oh, no. And then she start, Then she keeps sucking. And actually, and then, uh, God, this, I love this podcast. And then, <laughs> Jesus. And then uh, brings him to completion. Yeah, she, he comes in her mouth. <laughs> well, yes, yes, he does. And that's a line in the movie, too. And he is not happy about it. And then she's, she, and then she's like very calmly going like, hey, man, it's cool. I'm just going to tell her that you did this because cheaters oh. never change. And uh, and he's like, well, what the fuck? This is bullshit. And then he's like, I'm just gonna. Uh, and she's like, well, I'm gonna go tell him that you did this. Or or uh, no. At a, at a certain point, she goes, if you don't get out of her life, I'm gonna tell. Yeah, him I'm gonna tell her. That that she did and he's this. like, yeah. well, fuck you. I'll tell her myself because like I'm on. And he's kind of is sure innocent in this situation. But he made a crucial mistake. <laughs> You she's know. fucking well, I think nuts. It's, it's like the one time in the movie where he's a good dude. This is is this, where he kind of where he goes like, "Hey, look, he f- I fucked up wrong. the first time. This is so fucked up that this is wrong. I'm just gonna go tell her what happened. She will certainly believe him over her because at this point they've all like even they've if, all realized that she's kind of nuts. Yeah, so. like even if she hates me, I'm gonna tell her. Yeah, and and what are you gonna do about it? You're four foot nine, yeah. 72, 72 pounds. Well, she's like trying to get him to not leave. Yet, and this does appear to be an accident. She hits him with her spiky high heel yeah. in the fucking eyeball, kills him. Yeah, kills him. Oh, that's the scene that made me go. Nobody, oh. nobody dies in, in a Fatal Attraction until Glenn Close dies at the yeah. end. Uh, this movie has yeah. something of a body count. Well, it's got the dog. I'm gonna count the dog because I feel bad yeah. for poor Buddy who gets oh. thrown off of a balcony. Grant upstairs actually survives. Grant yeah. Grant is Bridget's upstairs neighbor. All upstairs of these gay neighbor. And yeah. all of these murders are like. Crime. You could file them under like crimes of passion, I guess, where because they're like, like you said, she doesn't. I think she's swinging that shoe at him to get him, but not necessarily to to, him because she hits him right in the eyeball and kills him with this like six inch heel out of her, (laughs) and he's just dead. She basically sets the whole. I mean, the whole thing set up like when she's leaving the building, someone goes like, "Oh, have a good evening, Bridget Fonda," Mm -hmm. and she's like, "Okay," and she's she didn't do it on purpose, but she has essentially at this point framed Bridget for murder. And now, if if they're gonna be okay, she has to come with uh, with her if they're gonna get out of this situation together. Otherwise, I'm gonna frame you for murder. I'm you. I I didn't do anything. You did, or whatever she says. It's like, oh no. <laughs> and, then, and at this point, it's just it's just full on. We're at the races now because uh, she's uh, she's Grant's already been Grant was knocked unconscious apparently yeah. like a week ago and has just been hanging out unconscious in well, his they, bathtub. Because there's this whole plot point where you can hear he's her uh, Grant is her friend upstairs. Yeah, yes. and you can't and they can hear each other's from each other's apartments because it's an old building and so through the vents and so he Jennifer Jason Lee overhears Allie and Grant talking about her through the vent and they don't know she's home also uh 
Bridget Fonda doesn't know that he can, you can, that that's a thing until afterwards he, he tells her, oh, by the way, after this whole scene where yeah. he goes, where she yeah. goes, yeah. She, you know, she's crazy and I don't know what to do. And Jennifer Jason Lee's listening and then afterwards he goes, oh, by the way, you know, you can hear, we can hear everything. you yeah. through the, everything through the vents. And she's like, oh, that's so embarrassing because of sex. But we're, you're in the audience are going, yeah, but that crazy lady just heard you talking to like, <laughs> so then she goes upstairs and like thinks she kills him, but it she doesn't like she actually. kills him, but she just um, put him in a coma. We should backtrack real quick. To talk about the Stephen Tobolowski scene. Ah, yes. Because because uh, earlier he's in the movie and he's like he sort of fucks around this deal, but it's in the idea is that she's going to get contacts from him or whatever. And right. So he's gonna. So then later there's a scene after some sort of party and he's like, "Show me how the software works. Show me how the software works." And he goes to, and then he basically like sexually he's doing assaults the sleazy her. boss yeah. thing. And he and he drops his pants. Yep. Like with as they so often do in the movies and apparently in real life. Unbelievable. <laughs> and he he drops his pants down and, then, and I, th- I thought this was funny because it's like he's making it seem like it's a solid invitation yep. from yeah. Stephen Tobolowsky. He's like, this is your last chance to play before you're an old married lady. That's what he's like. Says. Who wouldn't want a little Stephen Tobolowsky <laughs> if you're Bridget Fonda? One last dalliance before being married. That's why I love. That's away. why I love that so it's Tob- That's why I love this Tobolowsky and not some like. Like, uh, like rich, handsome right. dude. Because yeah. it's like it, it feels more real this way. Yeah, you're, you're lucky. You, 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 aren't you the lucky one, Bridget? Because uh, my pants have dropped. Anyway, she kicks him in the balls and runs away. And then she's sort of like, "Have I ruined uh, my career?" Because he's gonna. I need his word. I need his him to need spread word of mouth yeah. and his contacts and stuff. Oh, there's a and cool. So yeah. JJL, which um, is actually a really up. cool thing. I was like, man, if it weren't for all the stuff where she murdered a puppy and is crazy, right? This would be a cool, pretty cool thing. Yeah, she she calls him <laughs> up and and, and, and in the, under the guise of. Being Bridget Fonda goes, if you trash me around town, you are fucked, and your whole family is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems to work, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think he's Well, like, until the end of the movie. Until the well, end of the movie. So anyway, that, I just want to set that up because we're going to get to Stephen Tobolowsky here when he comes back into the plot because yes. she set up this, like, uh, fail-safe on her software mm-hmm. so that he's, like, chased her off, essentially, gone like, fuck you, I've got your software, I don't, you know. Yeah, but if he doesn't do the thing... But if he doesn't pay hey, her by a certain time, then the software, software shuts, shuts down. down. So, yeah. at this point... Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee has uh, tied up Bridget Fonda in Grant's apartment, and she's she's <laughs> like funny, she's like making her write like a suicide note and shit. Yeah, there's you know? a funny scene where she where she you don't see where Bridget Fonda is, and she like walks in and has like a coat on or something like that, and she's like, "Don't laugh, tell me what you think of this," and then it cuts to Bridget Fonda who's tied to a chair with yeah. <laughs> 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 tape no. over her mouth. Yeah, oh, she's don't. taped. She's like taped to like don't packing laugh. tape to a chair because yeah, because she's really up the river and she doesn't seem to recognize that maybe tying up a person and killing people maybe is an imposition to other people right. and might make them. Uncomfortable, yeah, and maybe like you a little bit less. It's a problem. Murders. So, so you think so? Stephen Tabaleski somehow figure he can't get a hold of Bridget Fonda because she's tied up. Yeah, and, uh, and literally. And so he's he goes to her apartment. She's not and, there, but then he finds out somehow to go to Grant's apartment. Goes upstairs, and it seems like for a second that the smarmy sleazy yeah, boss is going to be the hero of the movie. Like he's, right. Oh, he's going to save her, and then because yeah, he, he tosses uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee is again three foot one and uh, and about twenty six pounds. So he like picks her up with one hand and throws her down the hallway yeah, like an empty suitcase, <laughs> like an empty suitcase. And then he goes Ooh. in there, huh? and, yeah. and and Bridget's on the ground and and uh, and she's and he's tied up. He's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. And then what does Jennifer Jason Lee hit her hit him with a shovel or something? Uh. I don't know. There's some kind recall. of some kind of well. There's that steel bar that like locked Grant's door and it falls off at some point. She keeps yeah. hitting people with it. She hits him with that, but then she also has a gun. And then she like 
you're like, oh, okay, this oh, guy's gonna save the day. Pranks. And then she like she like puts a pillow over his face and shoots him. <laughs> and I was, it's that Jesus. thing because you're kind of because on the one hand I'm like, man, is this guy gonna save her? And you kind of are like, I hope I want her to get that saved because I like times. this character. Yeah. But then you also like. Also, like, I don't want this guy to be the hero, right. that and I kind of want him to die. Though. And so yeah. you're like, okay, this this fine. You don't. There's no shit, no tears shed in the movie no, for no. Uh, for Stephen Tobolowsky's character. The, if you want to see any character get their <laughs> fucking brains blown out, yeah. like yeah. execution style, it'd be this guy. Yeah, Tumble it's out. pretty amazing. Yeah, so that's pretty good. So I mean, you know, she did the world a favor in this case by, by murdering that guy. Although. You know, he was going to save uh, our protagonist. I'm worried, I'm worried about her contacts, though, really. Yeah, yeah seriously. Right. Uh, yeah, she's going to have some, some problems with contacts weird. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> After this movie, maybe. It'll at least temporarily derail her So Jennifer her Jason Lee's writing a suicide note for Allie. Yeah, and, they, and, they, and they do a funny thing where it, it starts with Jennifer Jason Lee like, saying it out yeah. loud, and it sounds like it's just her... It's like a confession or a something. Confession. Or her yeah. suicide note. Yes. And then it's it's actually what she's dictating to Bridget Fonda. She's like, and then you sign your name. <laughs> she's typing up this suicide note. It's great. It's pretty great. Um, and then, well, then then there's like I a whole chase. I, I sort Grant, of a chase. Grant comes back up. From oh, Grant! Grant! Grant actually is in her his bathtub, and he's just been there for maybe a few days. Yeah, out cold. A couple of years at least. I like. I did like the touch that his cat was laying on top yeah, of yeah. him and was fine. And I because that's like it's like exactly what a cat could do, would do. Yeah. Where oh, the cat's a warm body. The cat's like, well, I'm no, this is my guy. I'm no. The cat. Yeah. The cat in this movie was great too because it was like one of those cats that like he just picks it up and goes look, and the cat's like, I don't care. I don't care that I'm in a movie. I don't care anybody's holding me. I don't know whatever. <laughs> What am I gonna do? What am, what am I doing? I'm just a fucking cat. Yeah, looks like he looks like Morris. It's great. So then, there, so there's like a lot. There's like a lot of fighting. I think at one point, uh, Jennifer is like, "I'm done with you, and I'm gonna kill you." And at this point, like, uh, uh, Grant chase. tackles her, and of course, Grant's a full grown man. Uh, Jennifer J- Jason Lee is like uh, one, f- one foot the frog. two. <laughs> yeah. One foot two weighs less than a slice of bread. <laughs> <laughs> Down. She's David the gnome. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's a fraggle, and uh, JJ Fraggle. But there's and, and at this point, it, it, it's fun. But there's just kind of a lot of generic thrillers. It becomes it they becomes go into the basement uh, action that, that climax. Earlier on, Bridget Fonda implies is like I'm scared of this place. And well, like, well, you'll be back here at the end. Won't also, you? at the very beginning of the movie, this elevator and the the gate on this old elevator stick. So there's this screwdriver hanging by the yeah. gate. And it's like you got to use this screwdriver. And so you're kind of like, it's Chekhov's it's Chekhov's screwdriver. Chekhov's screwdriver. You know, you don't set up a screwdriver in the first scene with a close up and people. Explaining what it does. Yeah, you got you got to see someone drink that screwdriver later on. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the screwdriver is really sharp. Now make sure nobody gets stabbed with this thing. Later. <laughs> what I uh, what I what I did enjoy about this is she does end up having the screwdriver, yeah. and then there's like rats involved and stuff, and that was pretty fun. There's a rat and, that uh, runs right at her face, and she goes ah, like Bridget, knocks it. Bridget Fonda pulls some fucking Lefem Nikita shit and swings down from yeah. the rafters at the end. And you mean stabs, some point of no return? Some point shit. of no return shit, ah, and, yeah. and stabs uh, Jennifer Jason Lee in the back. Yeah, and this and this like I, I might be my favorite part of the whole movie is she stabs her twice in the back and she goes down on the ground and you're like she's coming back right? Nope, she's dead. No, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, you're like this is I'm a hundred percent sure Bridget Fonda is gonna like turn around yeah. and cry, turn her back to her, she's gonna pop up one last. No, she's dead. She got stabbed. Yeah, in the, that's Jennifer Jason be... Lee is uh, is. Uh, I'm trying to come up with more like how little she weighs. <laughs> she weighs one ounce. She's the size she of an, an earthworm. Inch, she's an inch high private eye. And yes. She weighs one ounce. She sleeps in a matchbox. <laughs> she's the cricket in Times Square. Uh, 
<laughs> she's a borrower. She's a borrower. Uh, yeah, and, and getting stabbed in the back twice with a uh, screwdriver actually does her in. That's got to be Barbara Schroeder, who is, you know, at this point not known for doing these kind of like yeah. Western-style, American-style thrillers, probably going like, we're too good for that. That's not our movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also, like, I think that's fine. because oh, it's it, fine. It, it works because, like, like that, that's what happens sometimes. You kill yeah, the person. You kill like, oh, they're just dead. They're they just don't dead get now. back up. They're not Michael Myers who, like, yeah. where's his body? I don't know. I shot him six times. Yeah, that's it. Um, but, yeah, and then they said, well, there's, like, a little scene where Bridget Fonda says a bunch of voiceover that's kind of dumb. It yeah, almost feels, it, it feels, on. it feels like weirdly tacked on. Like yeah. you could, you could have her standing over the dead body and crying or something and then go to credits and it'd be like, that's a satisfying, but it's got her like later going like, and then anyway, I guess that she was crazy. And then there's a, you know, something, something. Now you're a finding dead white female. Oh, she's putting oh, all her, she's putting out her stuff. And then yeah. there's, it does end with that great Single shot. Single dead female. It does end with that great shot of the picture that, uh, that I guess Jennifer Jason Lee's care, Hedy's, Hedy had made of like their faces like cut in half and pasted oh, yeah. together. Oh, Right. And that's that's pretty cool. So this one also ends with a with like a zoom in, like a pan yeah. over two and zoom in on a, I wonder if that's a deliberate. Photograph. I wonder if that's deliberate. Interesting. I hadn't I, I hadn't thought about deliberate. that too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they, they were ripping off. Yeah, that they know, were doing. They were actually like echoing Fatal Attraction, and they like. might have been because this one does like it was like kind of echoing Fatal Attraction, but I liked it. more. It also looks <laughs> it looks very similar. It's shot in a very similar yeah, way. Yeah. It's a very gauzy sort of soft focus. Yeah. This one, on. but this is this one. Yeah, and this and similarly, this only has like four characters in it. Yeah, yeah very <laughs> a very small story. Um, um, I have I just had single one, white female being a reference to her looking for a uh, a roommate. It's based on a novel an called. called SWF seeks same. Yeah. So it's a you know oh, no like a screenplay by Don Ruse. Don Ruse, opposite of sex, opposite and happy sex endings. And, Don Ruse, yeah, and huh. bounce, and b- yeah, a bounce. movie, a movie that time forgot. A movie that I have not seen, but you like. It's I, the last time I watched it fifteen years ago. I was like, it's, no, a, it's not bad. A Gwyneth and uh, Gwyneth and Ben Ben movie. Gwenny and Benny. Gwenny and Benny. Gwenny, as they were known back then. <laughs> Uh, I just have uh, I have two quotes here that I haven't used yet, and this is just this is just quintessential sort of line from this sort of movie where because <laughs> it's a little it's icky. And she goes, uh, "Ali, he came in my mouth and then tried to beat the shit out of me because I wanted to tell you." Yeah, and you're just like, Ugh. "Jeez." And it's and funny because uh, at this point she's like not buying any of her stories. She's like, "Oh yeah, she's over it." And she overhears she's still it. She overhears that he died on the news too. <laughs> Ali does. She like sees that he was, and then she tries to call his call his room and they're like there's a uh, been an accident <laughs> he goes into Witzek, starts an airline on nantucket it's very weird <laughs> with his brother yeah. and there's a funny there's a funny uh, would, joe and brian would be foreshadowing scene where jennifer jason lee goes into the place where she picks up money uh from her from her daddy and uh, from her rich parents and uh the person that's talking to her is like being really nice to her and uh and she's like getting along with her and then she's like i really like your hair and she goes oh really you do the lady who's talking to her is blonde and she goes maybe next time i'll try blonde and you're like oh <laughs> Oh no, that's going to be your next victim. Well, then the lady behind the weird the kind of weirdly the lady behind the counter goes, "Oh, I'm f- I'm so flattered." And you're like, "Well, I don't know that she was necessarily just talking." She would go like, "I wasn't talking about you. I just mean <laughs> blonde is different than red or brown." <laughs> you fucking bitch. Uh, give me my paycheck from my dad. Ratings. I'm going to give this three and a half Juds. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half Douglases. And I'm going to give it a solid three and a half spiked heels. This is a solid movie. I like this movie. Okay. I, I'm going to give it two and a half Juds. Hmm. I, it's, oh. I definitely like it more than Fatal Attraction, Jeez. but I just I, that I, I much thought more it, evidently. I thought it was pretty yeah. plain, 
and it, it wasn't the, the most fun in the world. Uh, but I am going to give it a solid four Douglases because it, it's just smutty as hell. Mm. I mean, there's a whole blowjob scene in it. There's tons of nudity. It's it was really it was really delivering. She does say he came in my mouth. She really, does. which she is really a lot, which is like a line you don't hear a lot. It's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty, pretty. That's that's a that's specific. a very that's a very uh, descriptive graphic line. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so it really it really goes there with that stuff and uh and then I'm gonna give it one metallic covered trench coat. Hmm. Uh I'm gonna give it uh three three juds. Three juds. I think it's solid. I think it's just solid not great, but good. And then i I'm gonna give it four well, I'm gonna give it three and a half Douglases. I think it was sleazy, but not quite four sleazy. But you know, there's a lot of nudity, which, you know, was great. But it wasn't quite like um, well, you know, I'm going to go four because the Steven Weber character is real gross. <laughs> <laughs> and Tobo. Tobo. Right, from, right from the start. And Tobo, yep. Okay, There's yeah. two rape scenes in this movie. Yeesh. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, all right, one, four. One, I'm going... One, yeah, one female, one man. I'm going four, and then I'm going to give it uh, two identical haircuts. Mm, nice. Yeah. Two bobs. Two out of two... Two, two bobs, two your uncle? identical haircuts, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That's single white female. Yeah, On to... The Bartels couldn't believe how fortunate they were to find Peyton. I adore children, Mrs. Bartell. I love being with them. I, I love taking care of them. For me, it's, it's the next best thing to actually being a mother. But they didn't find her. She seems terrific. What's the catch? There is no catch. I think she's great. She chose them. Never let an attractive woman take a power position in your home. All I'm saying is you have to watch your back. Now, their innocence is her opportunity. He has your eyes, you know. Do you really think so? Okay, the hand that rocks the cradle. Hmm. It's great. <laughs> it is. It is. Exactly. Like it's really, rock. It's this movie really is great. great. Easily yeah. my favorite of these ones. Because you know why? It's really fun. It's great. Yeah, it's it's also just it's also just and Curtis Hansen good the shit out of it. It's great, the late great Curtis Hansen of the three, I think it's like sort of the least lurid, but it's like also the weirdest and the and just sort of the most like competent and good. Where you're like, this yeah. is just a good movie. That's it, like it's is like, is ridiculous at times, but is also like everything. It's like the other two where we're going complaining like, well, this I guess the single white female we didn't really. Com- it's a pretty solid thriller, and all the thriller bits work, but your kind of behavior is sort of like. A questionable by a lot of the characters this one you're like kind of everything has a place and kind of just go oh, okay this all works as a movie <laughs> and it and it these these movies should be more ridiculous more yeah. often that's fun like the, yeah. this movie has more of a wink uh, it's just a more little entertaining bit. It, it Rebecca also, Mornay's performance is easily the most fun she of these is so good in but it also movie. touches on like weirdly uh like weirdly uncomfortable uh topics I hadn't seen this before so I didn't know that the whole setup was about uh Doctor molesting oh, yeah. Annabella Siora, boy oh boy, and then also like later I on, I had forgotten about that too, and so I didn't know that that was the sort of the whole uh, setup for it. And I mean, it's not a bad setup. It was just like, oh, this is more uncomfortable than I was expecting this movie to be right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's icky as hell, and it's and it's even a but little. But that's bit not of even a... that's not even fun. Icky is what I mean. No, like, no, that's no, no, like no. that's like not like like sometimes we'll watch these movies and it'll be like body of evidence, which is like gross and icky in a lot of ways. But is like, well, this is she kind of fucked him to death. Right, exactly. <laughs> But this she, one, she's got to go to jail. For but that. this is like sort of like this is you know ripped from the headlines, kind of uh, gross human behavior, and the sort it, of thing that it absolutely also gets happens. We, it also gets weird and like fun too. But then also like you know there's like it imply there's like implied child molestation and stuff later. Oh yeah, oh, god, you know. Yeah. So it's like you know not um, 
Anyway, it's, it's some queasy stuff, and it's yeah, playing which, around with it. which I like, which makes it sort of a better movie, because some it's... objectionable labeling of people in yeah, here. We'll yeah, we'll talk about it. We're yeah. going to have to use some words that we might yeah. not like. Yeah. Well. Apologies in advance. Uh-huh. Um... <laughs> There, so it starts, and you got your nuclear nuclear family, another extremely happy family. It's Matt McCoy, Matt McCoy, Matt McCoy, who is from the Deep Star Six, who is the mm. fake Mahoney. He's a Mahoney, He's Mahoney too. Police Academy. Uh, he Jabroni Steve, Mahoney. Steve, Steve Gutenberg leaves after part four, <laughs> and then this guy was in part five and six, and he's also uh, what's his name in Seinfeld? Oh, is shit. it Neil Braun? Kramer. No, it's Braun. It's his last name is Braun, <laughs> but it's it's George's nemesis, and George hates him because. His parents, his mom's constantly like, why aren't you more like him? He's successful. And George hates him because he's good. And then he like, George somehow, I think, orchestrates his fall. But then also, anyway, he's he hates this guy. That's the guy that's yeah, playing. He winds him. up crawling into an ice cream, uh, st- uh, into an, uh, some ice cream <laughs> at one right. point because he's like recovering alcoholic or something. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we can't we can't make this the Matt McCoy podcast. We can or and can we will. We? Or can I was and just happy to see him in this. He's movie. the guy who gets bitten in half in Deep Star We will ta- we yes. will talk more about him later. And he and so he's married to Annabelle Ciara. They mm-hmm. want to have a kid, so she's going to. Her. Well, no, they have a kid. They got one kid. They're having another. They're having another. Yeah. 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 She's preggers, and so she's going into the. She goes into the gynecologist, and the gynecologist is it's played Q. by Q. <laughs> John Delancey. Fam- John Delancey, most famous for being Q, also showed up in a pivotal Breaking Bad episode. He's in a lot of stuff, but he's great, and he's perfectly creepy for this sort of thing. He's giving her an exam, and and at one point, I saw this movie also a lot when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and this is a very pivotal, gross moment where he's got the glove on, and she's, and he's he's a new. Um, Therapist or whatever. He's a, a new, new, a new guy. The old, therapist. A new Her old doctor for, retired. Not yeah, a therapist, the though. No, that's different. Th- I don't know what they call <laughs> it. Well, if you spell, OBG, if you say therapist, it's the rapist spelled the oh, same. Oh, he's an OBGYN, and he puts on a glove, and he's he's already being too familiar with the way that he's touching her, and then he's kind of like, "Well, spread him," and uh, and then he, <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> and then he takes the he takes the glove off, yeah, and then goes down, and then they they mercifully cut away from this, but and but uh, Annabella, well, they sure have Sioria, Sioria, they sure have. She's having an asthma attack yeah. breakdown, so she's just so presumably it gets even worse after she leaves. It's pretty fucked up, and uh, and she's talking. Oh, it was pretty about bad it. before because he's like, let's do a breast exam. And yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very, it's very uncomfortable. It's a, it it started. I'm like, this will be a fun movie, and then we're watching, kind of like, oh, this is more is gross in a different way than I was expecting from the here's, beginning here's of this the movie, thing which I like is good. What's next? She goes to her husband, mm-hmm. Matt McCoy, mm-hmm. and it's like. Here's what I think happened to me. I'm not sure, yes. but I feel like this man assaulted me. I feel I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I feel assaulted, and I'm like, here we go. And then he's like, well, we should. We take should. Care do, of we this. need to take care. What of do you right. want me to do? How do you want me to handle no, he this? He goes. He goes. We need to tell some. You need to tell right. somebody. And but she, he's like fully supportive. He and believes. Like, he believes her. Yeah. And and it's important to this movie. This is why it didn't. The the theme didn't carry through the, all three because because right. he's like that the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He's like. And it was like kind of like a ray of sunshine after watching all of these where you're like, and it's sort of the point of the movie, but like, you're like, this guy is, this guy's just good. This he's is trying a, hard. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's, but he's not even like, there's not even, there's never a point where he's like, there's never there's a, a couple, point in the there's movie. There's a couple parts when he's a little too sprung on Rebecca De Mornay. He's not going to do anything about it. But there's a p- part when yeah. he shows up and he's just—he's clearly just like, "Wow, yeah. look at it! You are some sort of woman." <laughs> I'm not going to do anything about it. Of course right. not. There's only sure. one woman for me. But googly goggly, yeah, as, okay. as everybody in this movie. And he's is. like, he, I, I gotta, he, I gotta call him. I gotta. I'm gonna like, I, you're. That's fine. Call but, balls and strikes, Kevin. But I just think that like he's he's. 
as for this genre and oh, for yeah. these three oh, yeah. particular he's movies, he's way better than Steven Weber. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't even say he's way better. He's not even. They're not even playing the same game because oh, Steven shit. Weber just cheats on her and then is right. like, "Hey, babe, uh, you know my ex-wife just said that I fucked her while I wasn't over here, but like, don't worry about it." And this guy is like, literally right. to the face of this person who's trying to seduce him the whole movie, like, "I am not going to do that." Yeah, yeah. I am never. And he says, that, and you're like, it's rare for this kind of movie because the whole point of these movies is that these women are able to so easily seduce guys in the first scene this guy believes his wife he yeah. doesn't go no a doctor would never do that he immediately goes what happened and she goes i think this is what happened i don't know i don't want to tell anybody he goes no yeah. we need to tell somebody to tell he someone somebody else and he's and not not that the man is taking the position of power in that but that he's no. she's he's just she's confirming saying, her because she's like she needs to she's have, upset and he yes. says we need he's to validating we have to her, do yeah. something about it it's yeah. like rare in this kind of movie to see that and i wasn't expecting it yeah. <laughs> so they do so they do take it they do make it public or they go to someone it's one way or another they find out that they, this guy has had tons of complaints well, a bunch of other him. people come up uh come yeah. and then a bunch of other people come forward so there's he's gonna go to court He's gonna go to court, and then there's, be there's a shot of him and his beautiful and his beautiful. Se- I believe this shot was in Seattle. This movie takes place in Seattle. Yeah, they shot the interiors in Tacoma. The interiors of that house actually looks very according much to like this Article Seattle. I read that they were it was shot in that house in Magnolia. In Magnolia, because yeah. you can see the uh, the kind of like, uh-huh. the, the line of houses against the lake yeah, yeah. in the back, and you're like, that is totally Seattle. So the exterior was totally Magnolia, but then I think that house they actually used the interiors for that. Cool. Too. And yeah, and it looks good, and then he blows his fucking brains out. Yeah, because you know, I mean, hard to blame him. He's leaving being outed as a pervert doctor, leaving wife. behind his wife, and you know who it is? It's Rebecca De Mornay, who is pregnant, yeah. who is pregnant, and who loses the baby due to the trauma, yes. right? Due to the stress of her losing everything, her she money finds her. She, she first of all, her, her husband, who's the only person who ever understood her. There's yeah. lots of great, like, vague backstory about her. How she, like, even before this happened, she was a fucking psycho. Yeah, <laughs> she's a, some sort of special, fuck, fucked up person. And uh, and so, like, they, she's pregnant, and they're telling her, like, oh, by the way, all these lawsuits and stuff. There's not going to be any. You're not getting any any money from this yeah. death or anything. And she's like, and, she and she's going to lose she the house up. and all the everything. Yep. Yeah, she's pissed. She she gets up and then just passes out and like lands on her belly loses the loses the pregnancy and it intercuts the ba- the, her losing the baby with the uh, idyllic home idyllic life idyllic life it's Annabelle great Shara, who was the first person who came forward to accuse mm-hmm. this guy of this heinous crime so you see like her uh, her kid like touching her belly and then like him mm-hmm. Matt McCoy being there and them laughing and then cut to Re- Rebecca DeMornay like there's blood and she's screaming and then cut back to this wonderful it, yeah. it's pretty cool it's well, very it's, effective well it's, let's just say who we, did we say it was directed by did we say it was directed Hansen, by yeah. Curtis yeah. Hanson. The great Curtis yeah. Hanson. The great Curtis Hanson. The, the, the late, so sadly late great the late Curtis Hanson. Confidential, one of my all-time favorite, probably a top yeah. ten favorite movie of mine that I in, in made he had a tri- He stuff. had a trilogy there after, I mean, he's, I like these movies before and we'll, we'll watch more of his movies uh, pretty soon, but he, uh, but, he made, you know, he did the LA Confidential, Eight Mile, and, and Wonder, Wonder Boys and Eight Boys, Mile, yeah. and all of those are great in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we don't need to talk. But we just, you know, it's, in her it, shoes is great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why Cameron Diaz can't read the movie? They're, they're not lucky, all. What was it? Lucky, lucky you. you. I'm yeah, gonna rewatch yeah. that one. They're not. They're not all winners. But, no, they're not. Uh, but, but he you know. is. He has a very solid. Uh, it's somewhere between stylistic and then just uh, mm-hmm. classical style. Like yeah. he's not afraid to move his camera, or put it in a different place. But mostly, it's just. 
it's just solid it's very stuff. carpenter work you yeah know, it's exactly like, yeah. Just but, but like just good but like yeah just very solid i don't yeah. know anyway so that's like this editing remind you know reminds you like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we're in the hands of someone who who know who is knows what they're doing and they're not you know they're it's, just it's lit beautifully yeah like every shot looks great it's just a, it's a damn good looking movie yeah. yeah um so anyway so uh rebecca dormornay's character she's in the hospital and what's she her name sees... again it's a weird name her name is peyton peyton that's not that weird but it just the more, the more they said it in the movie the more it seemed weird she's <laughs> well, I, I believe that's her alias yeah, I, but they never call her. This. They never call her anything else. But she's in the hospital. She's lost her baby, and she sees Annabelle Sierra on television. Well, they see like a picture of her saying, "This is the first this woman the first who came woman. forward." But she didn't. But it does specify that Annabelle Sierra didn't actually press charges. Right. Which yeah. is so. It's like which is not important necessarily to the story, but is important because you're like she. She came forward and said, "This guy's doing this." A bunch of other women said, "Yeah, he did that yeah. to me." They took it to court, but she still sees her like she's the one who started she's it. She's the one who started it, and so rather than um, address any culpable, uh, culpability on my husband's part, yep. of which there is tons, I am going to destroy that woman's life. So mm-hmm. six months later, take away from her what she took away from me, which is the dream of being a mother in an idyllic, like motherly family life. Domesticity. Um, Domesticity. Meanwhile, before that, she's be- the most jealous person who ever lived. Yeah. Like she's fueled by jealousy. Can we talk about the first scene in this movie though, which is the scene where Ernie Hudson goes Ernie over Hudson, to their house and then they the sneak around their the house first and, and then last shot in this them. movie are Ernie Hudson. And Ernie Hudson scares them so much that they're like, oh, but then they realize he's just a nice mentally he's a, challenged He's a, spe- uh, a special handyman. needs man um, <laughs> who has not been ex- instructed by his agency to knock on the front door of the house that he's supposed to go he visit. Did he did knock on the front door. Oh, did he? And they didn't hear? Yeah, he, he knocks on the front door and they can't, he, he, they can't, he, they don't hear him because they're too, they're having too much fun being idyllic. <laughs> or so, or as I my girlfriend sorry, put it. Sorry, we can't hear the doorbell over the sound of our bliss. Or as my girlfriend put it, this family is so boring, which I think is kind of, which I think is kind of the point of the movie that they're very, they don't, this is, this There's is, an this appealing. one actually, this one actually falls more into, better into the category of how the, Fatal Attraction tried to do where they're like, hey, this is like an idyllic family, right? This could happen to anybody. And then you watch this movie and go like, these guys are kind of boring. Yeah, actually, I believe this. (laughs) (laughs) This is more believable. There is something very uh, appealingly bland about Annabella in, in particular. She's just like, she's just a nice lady. Yeah. It's a nice lady, and Matt McCoy's a nice guy. Exactly, and their kid's a nice well, kid. Well, Kevin thinks he's a great guy. Whatever Kevin, Kevin says, just so. thinks he's the best. Yeah, this is the cat's meow. Jeez. Whatever yeah. Kevin wants. I don't think he's that great. He's knees. He's fake Mahoney. <laughs> You're not the real Mahoney. Um, yeah, and so Ernie Hudson um, Solomon becomes yeah. becomes essentially the the savior of this family. Yeah, but he's put through hell on the way to yes. Yeah, they, he, he, he becomes a very good friend, uh, very good friends with the child, with the little girl mm-hmm. who, who lives in the house. Yeah. And then so he's first brought on board to do some sort. He's going to build, he's a gonna build a fence, but then he and then they sp- keep giving him more work because they like him, and he's yeah. sort of become he's, part of the family. Uh, how do we feel about Ernie Hudson? Is he good in this? It's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's a fine Because he's playing a mentally challenged individual. Which is not a thing I like in movies. But he's... He's doing okay. It's 1992. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. Well, yeah, and the character. We're judging the character's pretty lovable. He's yeah. pretty lovable. I, I was telling Matt before we yeah. started that, like at the end, when he finally gets to have his like hero turn, I did get a little teary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When they let him hold the baby at the end, she's no. like, no, because at one point he picks up the baby, and Annabelle is like, uh, no, no, no. I think you're that not the, supp- your agency well, said that you're not supposed to pick up the uh, the baby, and he's like, oh, oh and oh, he holds, okay. and at the end she gives him the baby. Yeah, and then you can carry the baby. Maybe and I, eh, I get a little teary. It's good. It's good. No, he's uh, yeah. I was wonderful. I was just curious because I felt the same way. I no, felt I like think he's, he's very he's, good. He's he's good in it, but it's that it's that uncomfortable. 
you once that happens, once you realize that an actor who is not yeah a, a mentally challenged person is playing that playing one, it becomes yeah. it becomes this whole thing where you're watching their whole performance kind of going through clenched yeah. teeth I mean, going I think uh, it's a little bit it's definitely a little bit twitchy and uh, you know a little cliched I mm-hmm. mean you know that but that's again that's sort of the style at the time well and right? I mean he doesn't yeah. lean in into he's, he does a little bit of a stutter I mean it's not Rain goes, Man oh oh I don't know and he, but oh there's one part that I that I stood that I uh, thought was kind of charming where he's like counting out with his feet like the the length of the that the fence is supposed to be and he goes like one two Three, seven, Nine. sixteen, and then they look at each other, and he's like, he goes, "I'm kidding." He just goes, "I'm just kidding." And check your yeah. privilege, he says. <laughs> check your privilege, yeah, guys. Basically, because he's the only black person in the movie, too. By the That's way, That's right. He's the only black person in any of these movies. <laughs> yeah, is that true? It I is. That sounds right. That sounds exactly Jeez. right. I mean, that has like a speaking role. Right. It has an important any role kind of relevant movie. role. It's not yeah. just in the background because they're shooting in New York City. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, basically a, a month or two goes by. Uh, they need six a nanny. Months, three or four months they need go a nanny by. It now. says six months yeah, later. six months later because uh, Annabelle has had her, had her baby and uh, they're looking for a nanny. Do they do a montage where they, where no. they don't like the nannies? No. I remember one, but... I don't think so, do they? It's apparently not very memorable. <laughs> it does well, happen. I watched Jesus. this like six months ago. You I just, guys watched this I watched this now. like two days ago, and I do not remember that, but I did watch it immediately after a single white female, so I don't know. I maybe forgot about a montage. I don't well, think she's they not, Well, she's not recommended by an agency, because she doesn't belong to one, because she isn't officially an Annie, but Rebecca de Mornay shows up at yeah. one point and is everything that they need. Mm-hmm. She meets I got up a big with, problem with this, by the she's way. She's perfect in every way. She actually, she actually shows up in a very dramatic way, which I like, where the bus is leaving and she's her daughter has forgotten her backpack and so Annabella Shore is running after the bus going wait 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 and the bus isn't stopping and then all of a sudden it stops and she's like oh and then this woman Rebecca Dormorne steps out from in front of the bus and she's like oh thank you for stopping the bus and she gives the backpack to the bus driver but you're like man did she step out in front of that bus and stop it that is awesome like and you and judging by her performance in this movie you know that she just stood in front of the bus and fucking stared it down yeah. and that bus stopped on stopped. That, the bus driver might not have even hit the brakes the bus stopped out of terror <laughs> the sheer the power was, of her glare the bus was frozen by her icy glare yeah, yeah she's just she's doing an icy glare thing that is mwah, well, what's, fantastic uh, icy glare what's, what's your problem what's your problem well I mean what's your this, this is a fucking problem yeah, I mean, this, this obviously falls under the, the rubric of you buy the premise, you buy the bits. I don't think it shuts the movie down, but it did occur to me many times watching this movie. There's no way in hell she wouldn't have known that that's who that was, that it was John Delancey's wife. There's no way. Oh, it turns out that the information is very easily accessible, too, because yeah. she just, like, I mean, Julianne it would have been Moore. on television. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. The Mad Magazine parody, the ham that robs the cradle, also, also pointed that out. So I read it last night. It's very good. <laughs> Everybody stay it tuned. Robs the Everybody Get stay the tuned to our, to our well because they talk about how it's it's okay. Oh, anyway, man. stay tuned to our Facebook and our website, and well, I'll be posting that in the next couple of weeks. But uh, but uh, it's it's because they talk about how because they're talking about how her performance is ham. It's not a big deal. It is hammy. It's fun. That's what I'm saying. That's so that's what the ham that robs the cradle. Anyway, it's so, not a big deal. I don't. It doesn't shut the movie down at all. But the whole time I'm like, well, this, this never would have got this far. I don't. Far. I yeah. don't know about that because I think that maybe she wouldn't have like looked into who the wife was or whatever. But I do. I think, don't think she would have had to look. But also, well, also like I don't know that whatever that that aside. The thing I have is that they sort of just like hire this woman very quickly. Yeah, right. Like, they're like, she has no references or any kind of, uh, and you're like, 
Well, maybe, yeah. But she's she's, she's, she's got perfect. a very icy glare, and that's yeah. something that well, we're she hypnotizes for. them she's, into doing it. She's hot and terrifying. We should just hire her. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's basically she, she is basically a high level psychopath. Yeah, and, is, and so like she's, she's a, formidable, a formidable force. Yeah, I would have to say. I mean, I'm not I, smarter and more evil than everyone yeah. in the world. Basically, again, my pro- that was that would have been my issue with it wasn't so much like that they would have known her from the news or something, but also but more that like this lady seems nuts because you met her after she stood in front of a bus <laughs> and uh anyway here's to take care of our baby yeah i'm not a part of an agency <laughs> i took care of a just one family the whole time and then they left the country don't call now. them they're fucking dead yeah. uh anyway she they, they hired her pretty pretty quickly and then uh, there's a really fun scene i thought where she finally gets to go into the house and at every step it's kind of like a twisted version of a nancy myers movie or something where uh she's just sees the outside of the house and she has this this horrified jealousy like expression and she sees the inside and she's looking around she's, you fucking bitch and she's like and this is my baby oh that should be my baby you know like yeah. she does this has this expression of like like every she's, time she sees another level of the yeah. idyllicness of their head it's like she get punched in the gut or something yeah. she's just so embracing her jealousy it reminded <laughs> me this a totally, the characters have a totally different reaction but it reminded me of the scene when the vault opens in Die Hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> where it's just like this is what this is where all these people have been going like this is where this is like the crux of their emotional state right now yeah <laughs> it's great like yeah. you know every part of, of Rebecca DeBornay's performance in this is is a little over the top and, and fucking yeah great. and she's a character that you uh I would argue that you're that not that not sympathize with but that you you get her you get her reasons for doing this but also you kind of quickly stop sympathizing with her because she's I think that because it's it's just it's literally just revenge. She's pure evil. Yeah. Well, the, we talked about Curtis Hansen's uh, you know uh, superlative craftsmanship, yeah. his very economical style, but this movie doesn't have a lot of narrative surprises. It's not that kind of thing. What holds you in total suspense in this movie is Rebecca De Mornay's performance because mm-hmm. you are 100% with her the entire way. Yeah, but I mean, I think the whole you, movie's from her POV, really. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, but I mean, yeah, that, and so not, you don't necessarily sympathize with her because you're yeah. also watching her the whole time, going like, "Fucking Jesus Christ, fucking don't, what are you doing?" Because you're not like on her side necessarily. Yeah, because Annabella um, Shiori, whatever, I always pronounced it Shioria. But uh, she's That's she's wrong. very nice. she's very wrong. nice, and so like when you see her do it, like when like at yeah. one point she takes her her. Um, well, she ruins her, tries to ruin her life in every possible way. Yeah. It makes her seem crazy and incompetent. She's trying to uh, like makes ins- her seem neglectful of the mm-hmm. baby. She tries to make it seem like Matt McCoy is cheating on her with his old college girlfriend, That's Julian right. Moore. Julian Moore, mother effing Moore, and who, who is, is awesome in this movie. Really, she's really, really fun. she plays like a st- fucking stone bitch in this movie. She's a it total is really bitch. fun. And uh, and they and they do a thing that I generally don't like in movies, but this movie is is pitched so well that I kind of liked it in this one because she gets killed. She eventually in the best death in the movie. She eventually like finds out. Um, uh, she's the what, key to what finding out what's going on. She's the key to finding on. out what the deal well, is. Well, she finds out. She's the key. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she had this right because she is ends up because she's a realtor that they dig up the information about yeah. who she is. But they do it. But they do a thing where like she's about to go uncover and confront uh, Rebecca De Mornay and, and expose the whole thing. And uh, and so you're like, well, she's gonna die, yeah. right? And I also remember that, <laughs> that she dies. Well, I mean, you but, know, she's gonna die because you're like, well, this movie's not over yet. Yeah. But and, they do a thing where they make sure that to <laughs> lean in on the fact so you don't take the death too badly. She's a huge bitch in particular. 
trailer right before. Yeah. So like her assistant comes up to her and is like, uh, here's some information about something that you wanted. Oh, like, fuck, time for that. Now, fuck you. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. And then I think there might be like a like a homeless person that comes up to her. I, I might be making this up, but it's just, just her on the war path and being a horrible. Well, she like she spits on a baby on the, the sidewalk. She's like, she's like driving like she a steals, maniac. She steals a baby's lollipop and yeah. starts licking on it. She's driving like a trash. crazy person to their house to get there as fast as she can, which is dumb because she calls and nobody's home and instead of going waiting. I think she's afraid that something bad has already happened. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's, it's like, specious, it's, yeah. that, it's that dumb thriller thing where they're like, the person who you know is going to die does the exact wrong yeah. thing that gets them killed where you're like, why did you go there? Just call the, call uh, the police. Because she, she also calls the greenhouse where Annabella Shore volunteers the greenhouse in uh, whatever the park is on Capitol Hill. Um, and she's Capitol like, Hill Park. she's like, the guy goes, oh, she told you to call. It's urgent. So I think she knows that she's, like, presumably this guy said, yeah, she's here. So then she goes to their house still and is like, well, who's, who's here? What's going What's Why are you here? And you're like, don't, well, just wait. Like, wait, if she waited, like, 40 minutes, she wouldn't be dead and she could have revealed all this. Annabella Shiori but, has already gotten, like, is on to Rebecca DeMornay at this point. Just because the moment that she hired this woman, all of a sudden her life started falling apart. She starts putting together, like, yeah. wait a minute. My life wasn't this much of a fucking disaster until yeah. I hired this creepy woman. But then it was, and and so, spoiled and so, Julian Moore gets this awesome oh, yeah, death I, I, where the I, greenhouse glass yeah, which wasn't set up for her. Which was, Rebecca which was set up for setting it up. She's like, the jig's up because she hears their conversation about how she doesn't trust her anymore. And she's like, well, now it's time to kill her. Yeah. Because uh, this is all, uh, I yeah. did as much as I could to destroy her life. Now I'm pulling the trigger, and so she sets up the greenhouse in a very specific way as a kill as a kill device. Yeah, and uh, and of course Julianne Moore shows up there first, snooping around, and it's classic. I mean, so it's classic good. shit. Well, then like Rebecca the, De Mornay does a great. It's reminding me of uh, actually of single white female a little how she kind of like she'll she's like I don't want to kill this person, but I'm gonna lead this person to death now because I don't know I'm gonna do. But she yeah. like goes like oh well she's uh, maybe she's maybe in the greenhouse or whatever. I she was kinda, so into this movie. <laughs> the last time I watched it that like when this scene happens when Julianne Moore gets killed and it and finally like you know the glass shatters and comes out and I was like fuck yes it's really cool not because I like hated the character or anything but th- like this was doing this movie was doing exactly what I wanted it to do it's just fun and there's nothing nearly that cool in, in the other two movies no. that we saw where like these glass shards are coming down and the way that the whole thing is rigged up is really cool oh, too awesome and it's just I mean like, the shoe is, in the eyeball is, what... is pretty good in single yeah yeah that good. made me That's go fine. oh Ah. Apparently so. Ah. Ooh. I was surprised. So anyways, Julianne Moore is dead. And then uh, Annabella Shioria or whatever it is, like shows up. And then at this point. the Shiora of us. And this is when when Rebecca DeMornay is just like really hitting her stride as far as evil is concerned. Because she gets all of her asthma medication and drains it. Yeah. And then puts it back where it is. And so obviously Annabella sees uh, dead Julianne Moore and is like. (laughs) Has an asthma attack. And then uh, and is like opening up these asthma things and like and it's all empty. She's it's, great it's too when up. she's when she's passed out doing the like the dying fish thing and mm-hmm. she's like on the <gasps> she's she's fucking yeah. great. It's like, like I'm like scared. Total I was kind of like <laughs> I was kind of like is True. this is this character gonna die in this movie? Yeah. I haven't seen this. I don't think so because that seems unlikely yeah, in this genre. But like dark. but like man, maybe she's well, the really she's really skillful good. enough to hold you in a place where you're like yeah. maybe it'll go there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can we can we run through? You gotta run back a little bit. We run real quick through um, some of the things that Rebecca De Mornay's character does. So she's trying to she's trying to basically uh, t- disintegrate dis- their family, disintegrate their family, but to also to like 
insinuate herself into the family. Right, yes. So, so she tries to seduce Matt McCoy. She tries to seduce Matt McCoy. That doesn't work. She, she tries to get Solomon blamed for touching kids, oh, touching the little that's girl. that's a very queasy, yeah. queasy sequence because that's what she I was, yeah. steals the little girl's underpants and puts them into Solomon's like, work box. His toolbox. His toolbox. And so but the, that's the after... He's sort of suspicious of her. Oh yeah. Well, well no, we he's not. Get to he the accidentally scene. sees her. We, we got, he's not get... suspi- he's well, suspicious. Well, then he's of suspicious. Her. He's suspicious of her, and then he like is walking up a ladder. He sees her breastfeeding, and he sees her breastfeeding the kid, which she's been doing this whole time. That's a and big. That's another thing that she's trying to do. She, obviously, she's breastfeeding the kid, and so the kid now won't drink her actual won't drink Annabelle Sierra's milk. Breast yeah. milk. Part of the, part of the like the like real primal woman shit that's going well, on. Well, there's this. a lot of weird shit so in this movie says, about like competition between so women. She it's says, a little dark. So yeah. she says like, uh, well, he won't he won't take my she won't he won't take my breast milk anymore. But the doctor says it's okay as long as he's gaining weight. And the husband's like, well, I mean, I guess it's okay then because because just getting fat because the baby's because the baby's still the baby's healthy still feeding, yeah. And it's like, but he won't you know. It's baby's like, baby at this point weighs as much as a fully grown Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, two as much taller. as a loaf of bread. Anyways, Rebe- Rebe- um, Rebecca De Mornay sees Solomon. That's in, in Solomon sees her like breastfeeding, and then she confronts him, and she's like, uh, "All right, honey." Like the, he's talking to the little girl. He's like, "Honey, gonna I'm going to talk to Solomon for a little bit." And this is the part with the oh, with the, the word best. where she's just being full on evil, Ooh, and and she, she just, does say, "She just walks up to me. She goes, don't fuck with me, retard.' Yeah, and it's sincerely she says that, She said then she says, "Because whatever story I tell will be a whole lot better than whatever story you." tell it's, she's a, it's so she's terrifying like a foot and a half shorter than this guy and this is a guy that's been set up as like just an a good dude. a good man but he's yeah. such a sweetie and then it's rebecca de mornay with that icy glare just like oh. pushing like like backing him into this corner she's against so this fucking evil. And, and this scene is like she that that enough that's enough to get this guy to like back off essentially oh yeah but she still fucking sets him up to look yeah, like a she's, child she's molester like, fuck it I warned him but you she's know what so I'm taking him out she, and it's she almost looks, like uh, it, it's almost makes it it's almost an aside for her to do that she yeah, doesn't need sure. to at all and it just it's like the icing on the cake that she would use that word at him you know what I mean it's yeah. like oh yeah just the just, meanest she's thing so that I could fucking possibly mean. say yeah oh yeah, yeah. it's bad. Yeah, she's, 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 she's pure evil. She's bad. It's great. <laughs> and, and was before the trauma, too. Like, yeah. She, oh, yeah. Like, Evidently, yeah. In, in very vague terms, like, the, like I think the, she's talking to the little girl. And she's also pecking away at the little girl, too. Mm-hmm. She's showing her, like, dirty, or not dirty movies, but she's showing her, oh my God. She's showing her horror movies. And, like, like my mommy doesn't to... let me watch these. And she's like, that's going to be our little secret, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to like me more than you like But later mom. on, her mom's like, you know, you shouldn't have secrets from moms. And she's got these secrets. She's like, oh, why? And she, the little girl doesn't want to tell her. Rebecca De Mornay implies that her mom the secrets that... are related to an inappropriate relationship with Solomon. Yeah. So the the plan is the plan works great. Oh, for also, a while. I want to talk about the surprise party too, where she oh, she yeah, sets boy. up so Classic she sets up this whole party. she sets up this whole situation wherein Matt McCoy's character Fick Mahoney will go out with Julianne Moore, and it's the only time he smokes is when he's with her, who was his the first his college his girlfriend. first love, That's right. his first love. But they're still like best friends, and he's clearly over her. Right, but like I think Annabella Shora has he has like you know some of that she's a little jealous and residual and like leftover. Mornay like, is totally gaslighting her on that. Right, one. and so she. Right, and she kind of sets her up, but she sets up a situation where he's going out with Julianne Moore to help set up this surprise party for Annabella Shiora, and then she, so then she doesn't trust him. She's like, "Oh, you were you smoking?" He's like, "No, I wasn't smoking." What? And he's and he's not being a dick, trying to say like, "I wasn't smoking." I was. He's, he's trying to cover for the fact that they were planning, they were planning a surprise, surprise party. party for yeah, her. Yeah. So it's this whole thing, and then like all this stuff happens, and he. She's yelling she, she at him comes, in the She kitchen. comes in in the kitchen, and she's like, "You fucking, you're fucking her," and then he's like, "No." 
He says she it's, says you're said fucking he goes, Julianne Moore. Yeah, Julianne he, Moore is in the living room. And she goes and she goes in, at this point you've seen in the background real out of focus like people back there. Yeah, yeah. He's like, and she goes she goes he goes no there right there's now. people in the other room and she looks in there and they're like oh, surprise. <laughs> and it's like and oh, Julianne no. Moore walks away, storms away. And it's like so rightfully so great. And I mean like it's so sad you feel so sorry. I felt so sorry for Annabella yeah. Shiori because she's such uh, a nice lady. How do you guys feel about this is a little off topic, but how do you guys feel about surprise parties? I hate them. Okay, I'm never a, ever I'm a, do that. I'm I participated them. in one for the first time last year. And really, and it was weird. Did you like it? Uh, Did the I, person seem happy? The about person it? was very. It was the kind of person that yeah, would but want so, one. Are we talking about a surprise birthday party? Like you were jumping some into the gang. We were jumping someone into a gang, <laughs> and the person likes getting beaten. That's their. Yeah, that's their it, was, it was a surprise, a surprise blanket party. We beat him up with the with bicycle chains, yeah. Cape Fear style. Because I certainly like surprises. Like I got you a surprise. Here's a part. Here's a present. And but I don't like a surprise party where everybody yells at you all of a sudden and you didn't know about it. And it's kind of like that's not how it's supposed yeah, to be. The like surprise a, party we gave like for betrayal. you was because we were mad at you. It wasn't like it's normally not like that. Normally people are happy. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. not true. <laughs> we just yelled at you. <laughs> It was it was a it was a surprise party for a person who you have a, you just if you know her you have no doubt in your mind that, that she would like it oh, okay. and then when we everyone jumped out and said surprise she was like yeah and then I was like I'm out of here and then I left because <laughs> also like, Rebecca I, I've done my part <laughs> also Rebecca De Mornay is the one who talks him into maybe having a surprise party and he's mm-hmm. like that sounds like a good That's idea a pretty, whether or not his genius plan whether or not his wife thinks. Whether she likes surprise parties or not, I think he just sort of is like, yeah, okay, yeah, that does sound like a good idea. So it's this whole, it's all very like, it all feels, none of it feels like there's like huge plot holes in this stuff. It all feels like this is stuff she's coming up with kind of on the fly. She's very good at improv. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you kind of like, been is... a politician or something and found a more productive use because she's a genius. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's like a super evil genius. Um, but uh, so. Because I feel so bad for Annabella Shioria. They're such nice people. They're bland, but she, she's nice. They don't it's, deserve it's this really kind of shabby casting. treatment. Uh, they don't deserve this kind of shabby treatment at all. Yeah. And, and Rebecca DeMornay is so evil that when they finally figure it out and start turning it against her, it's really satisfying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the way it should be, where you're like at the end and, and they... There's it's a the part... end of Fatal Attraction, but good, where you're like, yes! Well, it, yeah. turns, it turns into the sort of the action scene, but also it like has set up Solomon, who's had to leave their house because of this situation, but right. he's still following the family because so he not gonna let her. Not gonna let her hurt them. Right. Because yep. he cares about the family, and he's like, I think that this person is bad. He's like, you know, I may be dumb, but I know what love is. Sort yeah, of yeah. situation. Right. <laughs> he's like, evil woman. Right. Singing that. It's so he's great. following them around the streets of Seattle, and um, and so and yeah, well, anyway, so it ends up. She this, finds out. Uh, Annabella finds out the same information that Julianne had after doing a minimal, a tiny amount of research. It well, no, she goes quick. to Julianne Moore's she office where office. she has the the. It's all laid out the, for her. Uh, the house in Magnolia. The wind yeah. chimes that ah, end the wind up being like a big, the very very standard looking wind chimes that apparently are the most unique thing in the world. <laughs> wind chimes, my God, it must and be her. Julianne Moore does look at the wind chimes at one point and go, "What." What is that? She hates awful, on what wind is that chimes. awful thing. Yeah, she hates wind chimes. <laughs> You've never seen wind chimes. She goes, chimes What is before? that awful thing? And then Emily Shore's like, Oh, it was a gift from her, so keep it on the deal. You know, <laughs> See, that go. serves okay. double duty because it, it puts the seed in there about yeah. the wind chimes and, and shows she's a that bitch. she's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> who talks shit about wind chimes? But she's their bitch, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she is on their side. <laughs> she is, ultimately is a good, is a decent person, even though she. There's a magical. I like, I like she doesn't deserve they, getting like. I like that the character's in there at all just because it's. Like Annabelle Ciora's character, as you keep saying, is like so nice, and Peyton Rebecca Morning is so evil, yes. and it's nice to have this like middle ground. It was somebody who was like a fucking bitch, but is driven but is, uh, and, and on the smart, side of and good. on the good side. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. so much of the movie is driven by 
the comp the idea of the way women are tricked or forced to compete with each other. Right. Yeah. And uh, I really just think that you need that character in the middle for that balance. Yeah. Julianne no, Moore has, has, a, has a line that's sort of about that and, and, and is sort of about like what is expected of uh, of women at this time. And she says, these days a woman can make 300000 a year and still, still feel like a failure if she doesn't make time for blowjobs and homemade lasagna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I agree with that. It's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> it's you better true. make time for homemade lasagna. I can't and her, hus- and her husband cuts her husband goes, like, her down lasagna sucks. Her, she's, not, she's not much of a cook. <laughs> so I'm... But you know the blowjobs. The blowjobs are nothing to complain about. Primo, there. pretty good. He does a um, chef's kiss yeah, thing. It's very awkward yeah. what about the blowjobs. So, uh, <laughs> so Rebecca De Mornay Anyways, is, has been outed as yes. this as the uh, Doctor Motley's. And there's, for and there's probably the best name. the best scene in the whole fucking movie. Annabella Shioria f- figures it all out. Shows up at the house. Rebecca Dubornay's there with Matt McCoy. Matt McCoy doesn't know any of this shit. Well, he's been and, he, uh, she's been hitting on him, and at one point she says like blah blah blah. He says I there's only one woman for me, and she goes that's, that's all, all you, you need. that's, that's all, all you need. It's in the trailer, and then it's kind of like she. I feel like even the character thinks that like he's like he means her. He means her because yeah. crazy. Later on, when this hap- all happens, he goes I met my wife. He says that. <laughs> <laughs> you said there was only one woman for you. Yeah, my fucking wife. He says, I met oh, my crazy. wife. And he seems he seems uh, put off totally by Totally put it. off by He's it. like, are you fucking kidding me? I didn't mean you. You're the nanny. I don't... You're the evil murdering I nanny. I am not into you, except but anyways, you're attractive, as but everybody this... keeps pointing out to me constantly <laughs> throughout this movie. Everybody's constantly talking about how hot, how hot she is. She shows up is. at his work, and she's they're like... Everybody like, thinks he's cheating on her, yeah. or cheating on his wife yeah. with her at she's work. She's so hot, how can you not? And he's yeah. not, which is like the why it's like it's a twist on this thriller, yeah. this thriller genre, because like the guy always generally is easily seduced and is cheat and does want to just fuck her. And mm-hmm. he's like, he's like looks at her a few times like, you know, she's very attractive. But at the same, but then in his mind goes, but I'm married. Yeah, yeah. I'm not you know, that. So he's not like gonna do that. But anyways, so so th- this is all. Uh, she shows up. Annabelle Shioria shows up, and then and there's no words. You see, Rebecca Rebecca De Mornay walks up to her, has the icy glare. Annabelle's looking back at her, and they look at each other for like three seconds, and she punches her in the fucking oh, face. She punches <laughs> her, her, punches her so hard. Awesome. She goes flying ass over tea kettle over a fucking table. It's awesome. She goes. She Just looks at her and goes. She like smiles her at her and goes, eh, and she like decks her, her in the face and knocks Bam. her across, knocks her across the table. Matt McCoy and I went, like, oh. oh. Matt McCoy goes, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking great. I, I was alone watching it. And I went, yeah. It's so satisfying. It's yeah. so satisfying because you're like. Fucking! When is this gonna? What's gonna happen to this person? It's so cooking. And then when she just punches her, she punches she her so hard. Punches her so hard that she flies across the room. You're like, yes! It's so great how <laughs> how like this movie just keeps cooking and cooking and cooking yeah. and cooking and like when it finally blows like this, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, and, and after this moment, like. Uh, Rebecca De Mornay makes a few last pleas to try to get the family on her side. Doesn't really work. No, she, she has it's, to leave. She's like, ha- it feels pretty happy. She's got a bloody nose. <laughs> she should have a fucking like. She should have her head caved in. She gets punched so hard, but she's just got a bloody nose. Yeah. And uh, and then at this point, you're like, well, she's gonna come back. Uh, I think that's when and she terrorizes the family. I now, think right? that's when she says, like, I thought you said that there was only one woman for you, and he goes, I met my wife. My wife. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Who just punched you across the room? And then she like, talks to the little girl and is like, oh, "They're making me leave, little girl." And she's like, "Really?" And then they're like, "That doesn't end up being a thing." She kind of tries to get the little girl to. The take little her girl side. is the little girl who's in Matilda, I believe. Also, is, is that she? right? Yeah, she's like a child actor. Who's she's in a good. Bunch of stuff. 
She she's not no doesn't know quite what's going on. So when when Rebecca De Mornay like comes back to do the terrorizing, yeah. uh, she tries to get her on her side a little bit. Doesn't work for very long, and she ends up being a hero too because the little girl like takes the baby away. Yeah, and even does a little trick on Rebecca De Mornay yeah, where, where she, she hides takes the, the baby monitor. Yeah, and oh, hides it yeah. somewhere. Rebecca De Mornay thinks that she's in the other room. And this and... is this is gold. Rebecca De Mornay is running around with a shovel. Yeah, she hits Matt McCoy on the back of the head, and he falls down, <laughs> breaks his breaks his, his leg. I broke both my. There's a point where. He, my legs are broken. He's like, he's like, you're gonna have to go find her. I broke both of my legs are broken. And you're like, wow, good god. So like, you know, he's a perfect man. He's like, he'll he's with you the whole time, and then he's useless. ultimately useless. Ultimately useless because his legs are both. But he, he's like, my legs are both broken. He means well. He means well. He totally means. He would he would crawl up those stairs if he had to, but he's both his legs are broken. Yeah. Chases the whole family up into the attic where the the climactic battle, and then Shiori and Rebecca De Mornay get to go at it yeah. a little bit, and eventually, and oh, and at this point, Saul. Solomon's up there, and he's yeah. helping out. He's getting. He's got the little girl outside, and and she, this no, he's is trying. He's Rebecca trying. DeMornay's, he's helping them escape out the attic. And yeah. he's he's holding the baby, and Rebecca DeMorne is like, "Give me that baby. That baby's mine. This family's mine." She just wants. At and that she's point, like she's like, him. just gonna steal that baby and run just off gonna to steal Bermuda. She wants the baby, and she's like hitting him with a fucking like fire, like a fire Flaming. poker. Yeah. yeah. And, and and he's like turning around. He's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's being very heroic, and and Annabella shows up, and they fight, and eventually, um. And, and it, it, once again, in classic fashion, pushes her out a fucking window, and she lands impaled on, a, on the fence he was a, building. She lands, lands on the fence he built on a white picket fence. Yeah, that he was the fence that Solomon, Solomon, Solomon built by Solomon the built. symbol of domesticity. Who pushes, she, who pushes she, her out the window? I believe he does. Yeah, I think he does. Oh, Solomon pushes her. Yeah, out yeah, the window. yeah, good. Yeah, and That's he great. and she lands on the fence that oh, he built. Yeah, stabs her. Oh, so, it's so fucking cool. Do you so want cool. to do you want me to build this fence so people to keep people in or to keep people out? <laughs> Both. Do you want me to build this fence so it kills ladies who are, who are trying to uh, steal your baby and that family? Too. Uh, yes. And then the movie and then the movie ends. It's over. Monsters dead. Ends, roll the credits. Old Solomon gets to pick up the baby. Oh, he, I mean, there's a little. There's like, like there's like a, to, there's goes, like a minute. Solomon, yeah. I want you to pick up the baby, and then I start tearing up a little bit. Well, we open and close the movie and with the, him. The last which shot is Solomon walking out the door of the attic. Yeah, monsters dead. Roll the credits. The movie is over. It's also this weird story about that character yeah. who starts we start the movie off with watching him uh, bicycle up the hill to their house and then we end the movie with him like being Holding you know and scaring them because he's like a strange a strange black man in their backyard or whatever yeah and then we end the movie with him being part of the family which i guess is progress or whatever yeah. but and what but, is it okay so so there's a little you point this out which is really interesting because the movie opens as you say with them being frightened by this black man well when they just let this woman into their home as you also that's pointed true. out yeah they just yeah yeah yeah, well, well, they learned their fucking lesson. Well, that's Seattle for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of lots of great like uh, Seattle shots. Uh, very rare movie that's actually it's shot not in just flyovers of Seattle. Uh, the yeah, the main house was filmed in Tacoma. And the pervert houses in Magnolia. the Magnolia. pervert doctor houses in Magnolia. A few scenes that take place downtown. Um, stay tuned to our our social media because we are going to be taking a field trip to both of those houses <laughs> yeah. in in the short in the near future. Um, also, before we get too far off the topic, I do want to read. It's real quick. I've Very read, important. Uh, our friend, uh, our our, uh, our longtime friend, longtime Tommy friend Swenson. Tommy Swenson. Um, is younger than us, and he was uh, he lived a block up from where this was filmed and he's in the hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah. Um, I'll post the clip too, but and you can see him. He's just in the background getting off of a school bus. He's a little blonde boy who gets off of the school bus when the daughter does yeah. and he runs off down in the background. So I, and I wasn't sure someone had said that before. And so I was like, 
I texted him a message saying, just watch Hand the Rocks a Cradle for a podcast. Can you confirm or deny that you're the blonde kid in the movie getting off the school bus? And he sent me back, confirmed. I lived one block down from that house. And he also said, gave me a little extra info. He said, I hung around the edges of the set the whole time they were shooting. They were shooting there and was so excited to see the movie and was very confused by the content <laughs> as a nine-year-old viewer. <laughs> it's not really for nine-year-olds, so, I would say. So we will be going there. He also told me where the where the house is in, T- in Tacoma. Awesome. So um, anyway, that was a little, a little extra treat that our That's that our amazing. friend of our a friend of ours is in this in this movie and when he was in grade school. Yeah. So uh, it's, a re- it's a real good Seattle movie. There's lots of Seattle movies. This is uh, this is one of the better ones. I it was say. it was like we'll come, in, we'll come back was... to Seattle again when we do disclosure, and I can't wait for that. Oh, That's just flyover shots. I'm sure. I'm sure. No, sure. there's a scene in the bus tunnel that I spend okay. a lot of time in. All kinds of. Stuff. I'm just a great I'm, deal of that movie was not shot. Here, but yeah, there are chunks yeah. to make it seem like exactly like yeah. I think that, more than more than you usually get. What's rare because in Hand the Rocks to Cradle was mostly shot in in around like in Tacoma in and Tacoma. and Seattle. I mean, like it was shot. He it was shot here as yeah. opposed to most things where they 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 have a helicopter flyover and then all of Grey's Anatomy was shot in Canada or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Or what was that Vancouver. show? That, what was that show I like the forty four hundred? Yeah. Good show. You know what looks exactly like Seattle? Vancouver. <laughs> you can't tell the difference. <laughs> you know, trees. I don't know. And you know what? Green. Most green. people, they can't tell a difference. Oh, if you haven't sure lived true. in Seattle, well, you wouldn't tell what's the a, difference. It's a Mission Impossible ghost protocol. Like, they go to Moscow. <laughs> Shoot on location in Moscow. Dubai. Yep. Like, all these countries all over the world. The end takes place at Seattle. In Seattle, fucking Vancouver. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's definitely not Seattle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can we get some tax incentives? I want movies to be made here. Come on. And it's literally like I mean why would they go there because it's like a two minute scene that you yeah. don't you know but it's just like you went to Dubai and shot on the Burj Khalifa but now fucking Seattle Vancouver they can't, but that's what is. I mean like they can't make it to Seattle yeah. somehow <laughs> like they can't have like a film crew show up for it's a, and it's a terrible like two minute scene yeah. that is sur- definitely superfluous to the movie but they're like but like we can't you can't have a film crew in Seattle they're like no no we have to go to Canada yeah. instead but we're gonna put a title card up that says Seattle yeah <laughs> Anyway, quotes. Anyways, I just had the one quote left. There's not a whole lot of I mean, salacious we, dialogue in this, no, but really. uh, but this is pretty classic. Uh, this might even be from the from the preview where she goes, "When your husband makes love to me, makes love to you, yeah. it's my face he sees. Ooh, that isn't the when your when your children gets when your baby gets hungry, it's my breast he craves, or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, it's pretty hardcore. I I would like to say that I will firmly believe Rebecca Mornay should have been Oscar nominated for Absolutely. this movie. Yeah, but you know, it's Oscars they are, never would. The Oscars I'm just are saying. still that way. They still won't nominate people for from like horror movies or thrillers. Yeah, like or Tony Collette last comedies. year. Comedies. I mean, and I think Lupita Nyong'o for... Oh, uh, for, for us this for year? For us Fuck this yeah. year. But I don't... I mean, I think she's... Both her and Tony Collette, I was talking about that with somebody, I'm like, well, Lupita Nyong'o's won a, an Academy Award, but then he pointed out that Tony Collette also won an yep. Academy Award and didn't get nominated for Hereditary last year. Hmm. So, you know, they just... Horror movies, thrillers, comedies, like genre movies generally are like... They give it to Sigourney Weaver for Aliens. Demorne is yep. that good. I know. I'm... Yeah. 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 Demorne carries the guy... I mean, it's a, it's a really good, really fun movie and that's... Yeah. I mean, it's all very well done, but it's it's all on This Rebecca is like her Sharon Stone in Basic yeah, Instinct. It's all based... Thing. It's all her. This character needs to be great and she is great in it. Yeah. She goes yeah. above and beyond. Yeah, without her performance, the movie wouldn't hang. I'm constant. I'm, I'm watching this movie, just constantly laughing and, and just like and hating her at the same In, time. Like laughing just you with want. glee. That's yeah, like you're just hilarious. like, oh my god, she's yeah. just yeah. so much fun. But she's like, it's funny because she it is a hammy performance, but it's also like it's underplayed. So like she's yeah. very. It's a lot of it is just her like 
looking mean at people mm-hmm, or like yeah. smile or like she'll she'll be looking mean someone turns around and she like flashes this smile it's like oh hi yeah I'm she, not, she I'm turns not so quickly it's in this. really it's really good it's That's really great. good yeah uh, ratings uh, i'm gonna give this i don't know four and a half uh juds um probably two and a half douglases it's not that sleazy no and uh, yeah, the four and a half uh, white picket fences. Ah, damn it! That's what I was gonna do. I'm gonna give it uh, f- four juds. Four juds, solid. I think it's just really just just good. I'm gonna save that save that half that next star for you know when it's like real. Yeah, maybe real, I should do that. But real whatever. something weird, but no, no. Uh, and then I'm gonna give it three. I'm gonna give it three Douglases because uh, out of the three movies, this one actually made me feel the most uncomfortable. <laughs> Like yeah. just, and it was only, it wasn't because necessarily it was sleazy in a Douglasy way. So maybe that's not fair, but it was because of like the, all the talk of molestation and mm-hmm. stuff. It actually, yeah. like, it touches on these subjects where you're like that. I don't think these kind of thrillers normally go to. Yeah. Like, uh, so. Well, the whole thing yeah. with the husband, like believing her at the beginning and then the rest of the movie is yeah. about these women who are fighting. It's right. Like, Ooh, yeah. So okay. it's not sleazy, but it's uncomfortable. It's thorny. So I'm going to give it, th- I'm going to give it three Douglases uh, and I'm going to give it uh 10 out of 10 fake Mahoney's. Okay. Good. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it four Judds. Uh, I mean, it's the best example of these sorts of movies that I can think of. These aren't my favorite kinds of movies. Yeah. Um, but this is does it as bad about as well as I can imagine. It looks great. All the acting is great. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give it two and a half Douglases because very little nudity or sex or anything, but definitely like that queasy stuff. Yeah. And I'm gonna give it. 10,000 shards of glass going into Julianne Moore's fucking face <laughs> in a spectacular sequence. Oh. I know we've watched better movies, you know, like all, like a lot of the De Palma stuff. All, like all of the, pretty much all of the, well, not all or of Or like, it. you know, we loved Ricochet, but yeah. like out of the movies that fit the premise that this is, this whole podcast is predicated on yeah. this is the best one we've done so far oh sure i would say so yeah i mean uh it's this like must have this been a real ball to see in the theater oh too. man it's yeah. it's very uh, crowd pleasy i feel like yeah unless you're tommy and you're nine and you <laughs> don't know what's <laughs> why, happening why is he taking the glove off <laughs> oh, <laughs> what does it mean i don't uh, know yikes um so yeah uh anyway uh yeah so stay tuned we're gonna take a field trip one of these days to the uh the houses and uh and matt says there's a good sandwich place in is it in tacoma i'm told it's in tacoma yeah okay we're gonna we're gonna get some good sandwiches so stay tuned for that um next time next time well we we were gonna do the psychos sequels, the sequel psychos but yeah. uh after we all got real uh hot and bothered for hand that rocks the cradle um i decided we needed to, we needed to uh do the curtis hansen uh movies and so we're the hansen do- digression it's the- a really good robert ludlum novel the <laughs> 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 Okay, right. I ruined uh, that. We're gonna do the Hanson, <laughs> Curtis Hanson digression. Uh, we're gonna do uh, Bedroom Window, starring my boy, the real Mahoney, Steve Gutenberg, yeah. and Isabel Huppert. Yes, Isabel Huppert, Ooh, and uh, Bad Influence, starring Rob Lowe Rob and James Lowe. Spader, and uh, the River Wild, starring uh, my personal David, hero, David Meryl Streep, David Strathairn, and, and Meryl Streep, and Kevin and Bacon, filmed. Phil and John C. Riley filmed uh, near my hometown in Kalispell, Montana. Wow, Curtis oh, Hansen. maybe we could take a trip to the, to the rapids. We <laughs> go whitewater rafting. We go whitewater rafting. Hansen has got your numbers. So. Um, and so yeah, so we're gonna do a we're gonna uh, Hansen around next time. Ooh. So uh, mm, bop and until Hansen then, the I guess. Uh, Hansen in the dark. <laughs> Hansen, Hansen with myself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hansen on the ceiling. <laughs> Nobody like my Ludlum job. Let's go.
I thought it was yeah. great. Fuck yeah. you guys. I Je- loved it, man. Johnny, whatever Kevin says. Johnny yeah, Ludlum. Whatever, Johnny whatever Ludlum Kevin over wants. here. Yeah. Whatever baby wants, baby oh, gets. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. Bye.